This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. All right, I'm pretty sure that there's some kind of like paste or jelly you're supposed to put on their butt. Come back, bitch and And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I, oh, Chris, we recover every single episode of Supernatural, but I'm sad to leave season five. I'm very, I'm very sad. It's, it's a harsh transition. It's always been looking forward and now it feels like we're looking back. <laughs> we're in season six. This is the first two episodes of season six. We're going to continue our uh, two episode per podcast episode schedule. Um, I think before we were, we were doing this is so we could concentrate a lot on the episodes. I think now we're just used to doing less work. So we're just going to be lazy about it. Right. So, uh, I think that, well, season six is not going to be season five. And I think we just need to peel that bandaid off real quick right now. However, I think that season six does have a lot of interesting things going on that will be worth talking about and will be worth taking a look at. So if you're watching along with the show for the first time, uh, bear with it because I think that there's a lot of value to be had here, but at first it might not seem that way coming off of the highest of highs with the end of season five. So, you know, hang tough. It's definitely a hang tough. <laughs> Are you a new kid on the block? New Chris on the block over here? Yeah. You um, bet your butt I am. <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. This is, that was whole new level of freak with seasons one through five. And now I'm new kid on the block for new, season new Chris six on through the block. 10. I love it. Uh, yeah. It is, it is a bit of a kind of a culture shock. Like we are used to this show kind of doing certain things and, and behave in a certain way. And then in the very first episode of season six, that's all thrown out the window and um, just a bunch of stuff happens that it seems crazy <laughs> in the context of the previous seasons. And they're doing something like before we were like, we, we kind of knew what was up with our boys, even if, even if we didn't quite understand, like we always were pretty much in the loop. And this is, feels like the first time that stuff is happening with Sam and with the extended family, which we'll get into in a minute, <laughs> um, where we, do, where the viewer is cut off from all of this as well. It's, it's yeah. a mystery that they're kind of presenting and we're Dean doesn't know it either. And I think that's kind of the, the first big change is we talk a lot about our, our brothers wanting we, us wanting the brothers to be on the same side, to be friends, to be, you know, cooperative together. And they're doing that, but also like he doesn't know everything. And that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this season, puts us firmly in the perspective of Dean for most of it, because he's the only one who's on the same level with the audience for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's not get too far ahead. We got to cover the, the usual intro stuff, right? <laughs> That's true. Um, we do have a Patreon. You can hit that up at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, we are, have just been slowly, but surely get, getting closer and closer to our first or our second goal. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to come hang out on our Patreon Discord and talk with uh, fans of this TV show Supernatural and listeners of this podcast, it's a really good time. You can do that. Um, you can get episodes early. You can get uh, cool art in the mail. You can get cool art in your inbox. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so go go check that out immediately. We usually thank people at this point, and I think we have thanked everybody. I need to. I probably need to go check that. <laughs> I might edit something back in, but um, <laughs> we, I think we have thanked everybody on the Patreon so far in season five. So thank you again to everyone who has uh, pledged so far. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. 
Also, Chris, I just want to say, happy Thanksgiving. This is going to come out the, the day of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, happy Thanksgiving. Happy um, Happy Turkey Day, everybody, if you celebrate that. T- yeah. Um, Thanksgiving throws me off every year because you just get you get the one day off, and then you got to go back to work the next day, and you're hungover from turkey and from beer, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chris, what's your uh, what's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving Day food? Like, what's your are you a turkey guy? Are you a stuffing guy? What, what's your, I'm a big fan of turkey. I like getting I like to eat that meat and then get knocked the f out by it because of all the, those chemicals in yeah, there. <laughs> I do love I do love those turkey sleepers, as I like to call them, <laughs> that just knock you the fuck out. Um, Autumn makes a seafood stuffing that I am all the way into. Ooh. She does crawfish and shrimps. Uh, if, if we can get crawfish, sometimes crawfish this time of year is pretty expensive. But uh, shrimp and um, you, can, you can put oysters in it if you want to. But it's it makes the stuffing super, super delicious, especially with some gravy on it. Sounds like a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do we get to see ever see the boys on Thanksgiving? They must make a reference to it at some point. They have I'm sure. To. Uh, I'm, uh, go to the Wikipedia page, I guess, and look up Thanksgiving. Well, didn't Sam eat fucks. Thanksgiving in heaven with that other family? Oh, that was Thanksgiving, wasn't it? You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, she, mm-hmm. <laughs> that little girl was just creeping on big, big old hunk Sam. That was weird. Big old hunk of hunk of meat, Sam. Absolutely. Uh, so very weird. Well, let's get into season six and let's talk about why this is uh, a little strange. First up, did we note that uh, this is no longer uh, an Eric Kripke joint? This is now a Sarah Gamble joint? Yeah, it's a it's a big change for the series. Um, the road so far, last time on Supernatural, it was uh, a show by a different person. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Previously, everything was different. Um, yeah, it's. Um, I think from the get go, you can feel the difference, and yeah, uh, let's just let's just get into this. Let's get into okay. the episode. Um, I do want to note too uh, that the cover for the Blu-rays for season six is some of the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen for, in my life. Are you familiar with this? I, I mean, I have the Blu-ray, so I must be. I just I can't picture it right now. It's the one with the snake winding up Sam's arm. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> that one while dean is like is is like you know being the um the dad that just caught you you know trying to steal i I don't know some quarters out of a out of a coffee can or something to go to go to the arcade with i'm old i don't know what kids steal nowadays probably people's credit card numbers i don't i don't know (laughs) he looks like mean dean is all i'm saying (laughs) yeah so, season six, episode one, is called Exile on Main Street, written by Sarah Gamble, directed by Phil Segrecia. Air date was September 24th, 2010. It's a year later, and Dean has given up hunting and is living with Lisa and her son, Ben. Mysteriously freed from his cage in hell, Sam finds Dean and tells him he needs to rejoin the fight and introduces Dean to a world, a family he never even knew existed. The Campbells. So this would have been the shittiest, biggest spoiler. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. If I had known it before watching the episode the first time. Did they? Uh, I need to go go Google some season six uh, like preview videos uh, to see if they were showing this. Were they showing Sam in the in the, in the trailers? They had to have been, right? I don't know if they were because I feel like I was very. I think they may have sh- might have shown him from that clip from season five where he mm-hmm. shows up in, at their door, but then doesn't say anything. Uh, I remember being very very excited and very like tense and like anxious waiting to find out what was going to happen and i like sitting down right away to watch it and that feeling of like uneasiness because i just had no idea what was going to come on and the first thing that i noticed is that there is no road so far they always hit us at the beginning of a season with 
this, you know, it's usually an ACDC song or something. They'll hit us with something, some big, you know, Sam and Dean music video. And this time there was not one. There is just Dean living his normal apple pie life. And there's a brief flashback to what happened in the finale with Sam jumping into the pit and them stopping the apocalypse, but not much else. You're just kind of left hanging. And then they dig into it one year later with Dean dressed in like a normal boy driving a pickup truck for some dang reason and living his normal life. And there's so many unanswered questions just right off the bat that as a viewer for the first time, I I don't want to say I was anxious, but I was definitely like uneasy watching it. Like, okay, what's going to happen? Where's Sam? What's going on? Where, when, when's the other, the foot going to drop, you know? Mm-hmm. I, um, so I, I just Googled some, some trailer for this and uh i don't know if this is an official trailer or not like it's all in weird subtitles um but they definitely showed sam like right there at the front so good good for them yeah i don't i don't remember seeing him but maybe they must have put him in the marketing because they had to have yeah i can't imagine yeah. that, that they would try to hold that back um and i'm sure they, they probably couched it in like is he in dean's head does he really exist or that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um I, this opening montage is really good. I love the fact that they cut back and forth between uh, Dean doing normal dude stuff, like we see him um, like at work trying to pry off uh, like some some siding of a house or something, and then it cuts immediately to a previous time where he was like prying open a coffin. Um, mm-hmm. they, they they show him working on the truck or working on the Impala, grabbing some beers with Sam, and then they cut to him and Ben working on his pickup truck. Um, all while this song "Beautiful Losers" plays, which is. I don't know, man. Like something about this "Beautiful Loser" song kind of weirds me out. Like it's a good song, but it's it's it just it feels a little too on the nose for for this moment. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. if it's got maybe like some more connotation to it. Like I didn't spend a lot of time in the lyrics, but get just Bob Seger screeching out "Beautiful Losers" while Dean is waking up with you know his beautiful <laughs> girlfriend that took him in and allowed him to be a father to her child. It seems a little weird. Yeah, that's going to be a running theme through this. Is just how almost. Uh, frighteningly understanding Lisa is about everything that happens. Um, but this part of the, the intro, I always like this because it's, it's sad in a really normal way because it's usually two hunks crying over like the other's dead body while they desperately sell their soul. And it's that like fantastic melodrama that makes supernatural so great. And this is just Dean being not actively being a sad dude, but we know Dean and we know he's got a weight in his heart. He's just like, a regular guy living his regular life who has happened to have lost his little brother. And it's, they don't like hang on it too hard or anything in this opening cinematic, or not cinematic, uh, this opening montage. Uh, but I think it is very effective when you just see a guy going about his day who's had loss in his life. Obviously the loss that Dina's experienced is, is pretty extreme form. Um, but I like that they were able to sort of tone it down and make it a little bit more realistic. Even while I was still waiting to find out what was going to happen and wanting it feels like all throughout season six, I want more. I want to pull out more. I want to find out what's going on. But I liked, I liked the, the little bit of sadness, the regular sadness, just, you know, just Dean, you know, sharing a beer with his neighbor, but he's you know, Oh, I remember when I used to share a beer with my brother and I don't have him anymore. And it's that regular kind of human sadness and not the melodramatic TV sadness, which, you know, we all enjoy, but. And we should note that Dean looks somewhat dissatisfied by this, this whole life that he's living. Um, like when he wakes up with Lisa in the bed, right? He's he kind of wakes up to the alarm and he's just like looking up at the ceiling uh, where the camera is. So luckily, so we can see those big dreamy eyes. And then, uh, <laughs> but he's he's looking up at the ceiling and you can tell he's like, oh, another 
like another ho-hum day. And that's kind of the, the vibe you get during this whole montage of him just like living out this life. And you're right. Like none of this seems to be living up to the, the, the thrill uh, of actually going out and hunting, even his like friends, like his neighbor friends, like sharing stories. It, this scene re- really reminded me of that scene with, uh, I want to say it was season one with Gordon B. Lurkin, uh, where, you know, they're trading horror stories and Dean's bragging about shooting a, you know, Wendigo with a crossbow at 16 years old. And now, mm-hmm. and now he's having, he's forced to tell this guy that he was in pest control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just, it just seems like everything has kind of turned down. And, uh, and that's, that's, you're right. That's sad in its own way, but it's not, you know, sad. I, I have all of the pain in the world sad. It's right. I'm, it's not hunk sad. It's, it's not just hunk sad. sad. It's just regular person sad. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. And- they Dean has always had to sort of play a role to live up to what other people want from him. And I think he's still, that's exactly what he's doing here too. Obviously trying to uh, be John Winchester's son and, and perform that role. And just another way, trying to just be Sam's older brother, trying to be what the angels want for him or trying to resist that. Dean has always been kind of at the whim of somebody else because he's just, he, he's just trying to do what he's supposed to do and he never knows what that is. And now again, it seems like Dean is trying to, to play a role, the, the normal apple pie life Dean, because that's what Sam wanted him to do. And that's what he feels like he, he wants. But even now it's like you say, he wakes up and he, he misses the, the thrill or the word that I thought of was freedom because mm-hmm. that's what Castiel asked him at the end of season five is, do you want peace or do you want freedom? And now Dean has peace, but he doesn't have freedom. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think as we're going to go through this, we find out that he doesn't have either. He doesn't have peace or freedom. He just lost his brother and he lost his old way of life. And it's 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 something interesting because we this colors Dean's personality for us a little bit because this mm-hmm. makes him a little bit more of a complex character. Um, we just you just assume that living this lifestyle uh, that he hates so much, being a hunter. And then being able to get away from that would be a positive change in his life. And now here we see that, no, like maybe he actually has some ties to this life that he can't get rid of. Like it's not easy just to to give it up. He talks a lot too, and we'll get to it in the episode, but he talks a lot about when he showed up on Lisa's door, he was, you know – crazy like he was crazy he was you know consumed by grief and you know having nightmares of all the stuff that he was going and i kind of wish they they played with that a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. because you know it's it's it has to be terrifying all of this stuff has to be horrible horrible and showing those psychological ramifications i think would be kind of interesting and not just like the hammy the boys go to the mental hospital kind of way but like an actual right. like he's waking up in cold sweats kind of way and they do show, you know, he still has the holy water and the sawed-off shotgun underneath the bed when he goes to sleep. He still has the uh, devil's trap underneath the doormat. There's these little things, but it would have been interesting to see Dean. I mean, we do see him start to react to a, a threat that he perceives around him throughout this episode. But it would have been interesting to see him kind of even just having to take a breath sometimes in his day-to-day activity because something hits him. But I get that that's in some ways isn't Dean. That Dean is still the guy who's trying to shoulder it all. Yep. Who's trying to get through the day? Who's just trying to, you know, hammer those nails because it's easier than having to think about everything else. And I feel like Dean would definitely have real moments of normalcy where maybe when he's flipping burgers out on the grill with Ben and Lisa, that he would just totally forget everything just for a second. But then I imagine, you know, at any point something would trigger a memory, and then he would probably get that feeling again of loss or whatever it is. And I think that. For me, at least, I think that Jensen is just so good at being Dean 
but you can kind of read it on him anyway. And the show obviously can't really spend the entire episode. I wish that they just spent all of this episode working on Dean, telling us what Dean has been up to, telling us what Dean has been experiencing. And you know, I love Sam, but if he didn't show up in this episode, I would have been upset the first time watching this, but going forward, watching the series, it, it would have made for a real strong episode to just see Dean being Dean and then working through some stuff. I would have taken a, a 45 minute episode of Dean waking up with, you know, in cold sweat screaming, you know, him having to deal with that in, in a household with a child because he's, you know, the guy of the house is screaming, which is going to scare mm-hmm. this child of him, you know, jumping at cabinets being slammed too loud and thinking that ghosts are around anytime like the yeah. air conditioner comes on. <laughs> like, I mean, just de- dealing with all of this fallout, I think would have been interesting. Um, we should also note too, that uh, one thing that has not changed with Dean is his drinking. Uh, pretty much mm-hmm. every single scene in this opening montage is, is him consuming some sort of alcohol uh, specifically like the thing that, that weirded me out the most um, <clears throat> at the end of this, he's, he's kind of like locking up the house um, and he's in just like, you know, night clothes. He's on like boxer shorts and a mm-hmm. t-shirt or whatever. And he's walking around with like a glass of whiskey, like locking up. And I'm like, my dude, yeah. what, what are you doing? Going to bed with a glass of whiskey. <laughs> and I know you have problems, but man, Lisa's a goddamn saint. <laughs> like if I brought a glass of whiskey to bed every night, Autumn would be out. She'd be, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> and with good reason too, because that's, that's not a healthy relationship with alcohol. No, no. <laughs> It's just, again, alarmingly, she is alarmingly understanding through mm-hmm. all this. And I think that through some of what Lisa says to him throughout the episode, we're getting those brief, tiny little snapshots of what Dean has been like over the past year. That just because we we didn't see him really freaking out or waking up in cold sweats in the montage doesn't mean that it hasn't been happening. But who is, like, who is that cool? Who is, like... Lisa, why is she, It doesn't... It, like... It just doesn't make any sense. The relationship between Lisa and Ben is something that is is totally fascinating to me because these two people over a weekend of hot yoga sex seem to have connected on a level that no other two human beings have connected in and still managed to have a relationship <laughs> with one another. Like usually it's like they're going to Bonnie and Clyde their way out of something or they're going to Romeo and Juliet their way, their way out of something. Like, But this dude's like, no, yeah. no, we had one hot weekend and now we love each other dramatically and deeply forever. So Yeah, it's <laughs> – a little weird i mean i get that you know okay so she's just like a super good mom she's mm-hmm. a really good person mm-hmm. and dean sees that in her implicitly he sees a lot of good in her and he's just such a hunk and such a euro that maybe she just kind of implicitly sees that in him and so you know it's just all good they don't have to worry about the fact that they've met three times they can just live together forever now well and there's there's probably and i'm probably reading too much into this but uh you know lisa later in the episode describes that she just wants a good dad for for ben she wants somebody that Mm -hmm. they can look up to and like dean's probably not the best role model at times uh but he did he did save the fucking world and you know even with some of his his worst characteristics if you know, working with him to overcome those, I think is, is a, is a noble thing for, for Lisa to do. Maybe not like the super smart thing. Um, but like if this is the decision she's made and she wants to stick with this dude, like, I think that that's a good thing. And also I'm glad it happens because I like Lisa a whole lot and I like Mm -hmm. Ben a whole lot. Both of these actors are are really great. And, and you know, that's, that's, I like that they're on these two episodes. I actually, Chris, we talked about this a little bit. I kind of don't remember what happens in this supernatural anymore. So we're all riding by the seat of our pants. Like I have vague outlines in my head, but that's, that's it. I'm excited to see your reaction to a lot of because we said it I think the other day that I don't remember how season six ends but I do remember a lot of the big stuff that happens mm-hmm. so 
I'll be curious to see where you're at with all that as we get to it. But should we get moving with this episode? We um, should because otherwise we're going to stay. We're going to be here all night. Yeah, and um, yeah, we can I, breeze through some of this action because there's a lot that does happen that sort of leads up to our big, you know, middle moment. Um, so Dean and his neighbor, who I, I wrote down his name, but I didn't write it down here. Is this the guy who plays Dracula? In the black and white episode of season four? <laughs> it can't be. There's no way. It cannot I'm be. I'm pretty sure yet. it's him. It looks exactly <laughs> like him. Uh, I didn't look it up. Maybe somebody could tell us because I'm not going to look it up now. I don't want to get you distracted. But um, so they're out drinking and this is where Dean talks about how he used to be in pest control and he had some pretty crazy stories. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And this uh, this waitress, this tattooed waitress comes up to Dean and, you know, touches him on the arm, gives him uh, her number and his neighbor is like, come on, man. Like, why are all these ladies after you? And Dean makes a comment about, you know, oh, they only want you when you're not available, whatever. Um, so the the bros, it's weird to see Dean hanging out with somebody who's not, like, as fucked up as he is. But um, so the bros go outside and, you know, see, okay, see you later. Dean's going to get into his truck. And then he hears a scream from down the street. And that's, it doesn't matter where Dean is in his life. The hunter's always inside of him. The Euro is always inside of him. <laughs> And he, you know, he grabs a flashlight and his gun from his truck and he, he runs across the street to a, a ba- or not a, an abandoned hotel, but it's a hotel that's under construction. And he, he runs in and he starts, you know, hunting around. Uh, he's exploring this, this abandoned building and he sees some claw marks and some blood and he doesn't find anything. Nope. There's nothing in there. So he you know, all right, checks it out, whatever. That was weird. I do want to. I do want to jump in real quick because when he goes into the warehouse, for some reason, the, the door to the warehouse or the abandoned hotel or whatever—it's just a flap. <laughs> it's just a flap, but it's covered in posters for DJ Sam, which seems yeah. really weird. Yeah, <laughs> like, who is weird this DJ set dressing Sam? there? <laughs> yeah, what a weird choice. Uh, what if <laughs> it's the show implying that Sam Winchester's still alive, but instead of going back? He just went and he was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue my other passion, being a DJ. DJ. Oh, man. Sam as a DJ would be like, he'd have to have the most giant turntables in the world. Like, he'd have to special order all of his equipment so that he could fit in a DJ booth, right? Yeah. Just wearing these dumbass huge headphones on his head because he's already so big. <laughs> that's the, uh, yeah, that's what I want to say. That's my head cannon. DJ Sam's uh, first album is My Gigantic Dark Ambient Works, Volume 1. <laughs> Yeah, you know, with tracks like Whole New Level of Freak, uh, Dark Side or something, Dark Side or something remix featuring Lupe Fiasco. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> the Blood, track five, The Blood. The Blood, yeah. <laughs> Ruby, that's just as Ruby. That's No, it's his cover of Goodbye Ruby Tuesday. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it's like a dubstep remix, yeah. Okay, we, we're going to have to Photoshop this album cover now. Like, we're just yeah, going to have to okay. make this happen for, for DJ, sure. DJ Sam. Um, oh, my God. So, so uh, Dean sees all of this, goes home, and immediately does the most natural thing in the world, which is uh, to call the police department and pretend to be a cop and ask yeah. for missing, missing call, persons. Call the police department asking strange questions and then immediately lie to your loved ones. Those are the <laughs> Winchester traits. <laughs> the Winchester family business, man. And uh, when Lisa comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? It's 11 o'clock. He's like, uh, calling a mate for poker? <laughs> like, he just... Yeah. It's so... And I, and God love Dean, like right, like he's trying to live two lives at this point. Like he obviously is being mm-hmm. pulled back into this this hunter life. That's what he wants to do. Um, but he but he also you know has this responsibility to to Lisa and Ben. The next day he's driving around and he sees more of the same of his claw marks, which leads him to uh, grab his gun, go into his neighbor's backyard, and almost shoot a dog. Yeah. Which is a, a real honestly funny moment. this this scene. 
made me kind of want more of this, which is really weird. I want suburban horror Hunter Dean, where I, I mean, again, I would love to see a few episodes where even if we got Sam back early and he was also living his DJ life for half the episode and the other mm-hmm. half of the episode is, is Dean living the suburban life, feeling strange, wanting to know what's going on around him. Uh, they could never have extended this plot over the three episodes, but man, I would have been into it. I think if they did, um, if they just built up this mystery and then finally the, you know, the bros got back together. Um, maybe I wouldn't like that if it actually happened, but <laughs> they, they just couldn't afford the location calls for Sam to go to Ibiza and do his DJ Sam thing over there. Yeah. Yeah. They needed a lot of extras. <laughs> a, a lot, lot, of, lot of extras. <laughs> yeah. They were cutting into the vampire diaries. Um, turf on that one sure, in their yeah, budget yeah. so they had to back off what do you, <laughs> like, mean, you need five thousand dollars worth of foam what is this for <laughs> this doesn't sound very scary <laughs> and by the way what's molly and why are we buying it <laughs> why is sam winchester doing it <laughs> uh i'm with you though i like I, I like the idea of dean having to hunt down like weird stuff and also maintain a uh uh, a level of normalness to all of his neighbors because mm-hmm. what th- exactly what happens here is he pulls the gun he draws down on this this poor yorkie and his neighbor who is like a 45 year old man wearing a nirvana shirt while he's mowing his grass which is like mm-hmm. peak nirvana shirt for me um is is like dean what are you <laughs> what are you doing with a gun like it's one of those things and it's yeah. and immediately goes and tells lisa about it too like this neighbor is a chatty motherfucker yeah um because well dean's been acting strange i think he probably can see it uh, i like how dean's response to it. It's just like, oh yeah, I was in pest control. Uh, I have a permit for this gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also, in this scene, he sees some sulfur, and that's when he starts to to, to freak out. And then he goes home, and that's when Lisa confronts him about it, asks him if he's hunting something. And I like that Dean, he is honest about it, but he's basically like, I, I don't know. I feel like I am, but I really don't have super solid proof on this yet. Um, but he wants Lisa and Ben to to, to head off and to, to go see like, a go to the movies or something mm-hmm. like just be gone for the day so that he can he can double check the house search the neighborhood make sure everything's cool before they they come back uh and i'm just gonna go i'm gonna say it right now that they probably went to see like all three extended versions of the lord of the rings movies because they are gone yeah. for hours hours and hours and hours there he uh, was like just see more than one um and and I just want to mention, mention too, that he he's in the garage where he's keeping all of his old shit. Like he's got his Impala yeah. wrapped up. Um, once once he convinces Lisa and Ben to go to the movies, he starts bringing out all of the all the old favorites. Like we get Dad's diary. Mm-hmm. He props the trunk up with the old sawed off that he made as a kid. Um, like he's got all of the old stuff, which is really kind of like even though the episode's only been going for about seven or eight minutes, um, it it's kind of like coming home again. Like we just hadn't seen that stuff yeah. in a while. So yeah. It's got um, the old leather jacket and everything. It's just it's the it's literally past Dean. It's old Dean. It's old Winchester. It's the old way, and it's all just in this box. And then we have a surprise visitor in the middle of the garage. Man, first time I saw this, I was like, "What? What are they doing? Season six? What are y'all doing?" It's Yellow Eyes. It's our old the Yellow Eyes demon Azazel. Azazel. We haven't seen him since Dean put a bullet in his head at the end of season two. Um, I think <laughs> I wrote down the quote, add a little spice to that sugar. I don't know if he's talking about himself or about <laughs> Dean. I don't remember the context of it. <laughs> I don't but remember I love the, the delivery on it. Uh, um, that's great. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's there he's like, to, to guilt trip Dean, right? He's basically mm-hmm. like, what did you think you were, we were going to do? Like, like, and I think he even says, well, look what the apocalypse shook loose. Um, as yeah, in, like, he's I been like in that they, they addressed to that. Like, you mm-hmm. know, even though the cold is supposed to just definitely or definitively kill whatever it hits and, 
Azazel is supposed to be definitively dead. Uh, I guess his soul doesn't go back to hell. I don't really know what the cult does. Uh, but the fact that the, the idea that the apocalypse, you know, look what the apocalypse shook loose could do something like that. I was into that idea. I, I, I don't know if how exactly I felt about Azazel coming back, but I was like, Oh shit. Like he has to deal with Azazel on his own. Sam's not here. Like what's going on. Um, but Azazel, he's, you know, you had to know we were coming for you and you cannot outrun your past. Uh, as Dean has just seen because he's got his, his box of old shit, but yeah. And then, uh, the, the 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 blocking on this is is really weird the the not quite choreography but the the way that this this scene works out is kind of strange uh it looks like azazel is choking dean against the wall and then from behind azazel we see sam appear uh with something in his hand and kind of stab down into what we think is going to be azazel but instead ends up going directly into dean's chest and dean just immediately passes out uh and it's it's just it's just kind of a weird thing. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like that was Sam, that was Azazel, season six. What the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing? I don't understand. Um, Pretty next- sure there's a commercial break right here. Oh yeah. And when I watched it live, I was like, fuck yeah, my boy's back. Let's do this, Sam. He just showed up and he rescued Dean. And then he comes back from the commercial, and it's just Sam sitting there on the couch or whatever, looking at Dean. And then Dean wakes up, and Sam's just like, Hey, hey. Dean. Hey, Dean. Smiles at him weird. And it's like the energy in the room. I'm not in that room, but I was, it, it was weird and it immediately made me uncomfortable. I had waited all summer for that brother hug. I had waited all summer for that grand reunion where they were going to be like, I'm, I'm back. We cool. But it doesn't come. Sam just sits there like a weirdo and he looks at him. And Dean immediately thinks that he has died, that Azazel has somehow killed him and he's in, in like, like shitty, like his heaven is him and Sam in some shitty house somewhere. Like these boys need to get like some, some better wishes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but Sam but, says, no, Dean was poisoned by, a by I think it, by a gin. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that stuff that Dean was seeing, yellow eyes, the sulfur, the claw marks, none of that was real. It was all just a, a gin's illusion from this poison. Um, and obviously Sam starts to go into the, the test, the standard, okay, let me, let me save you the trouble. And he just cuts his own arm open like nothing and puts some salt into some holy water and he starts drinking it. I told you I love the quote because he says, he's like, see, it's all me. And then just, ugh, that's nasty because <laughs> he just drinks salt <laughs> water. Because he just drinks salt water. This is gross. Um, and then there is a, I'm sorry, this breaks my GD heart every, every time I see it. There's a one-sided brother hug. Dean gets up and he just can't believe that his little brother is back and he gives him a big old, big old brother hug. And Sam just like, ah, okay. And he like, he just, he smiles and you're just like, Sam, what has gotten into you, bro? I think he maybe pats him on the back or something, but it was not the brother hug that I had waited all damn summer for. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Not enough (laughs) hug for Chris. Sam says, because obviously this is where the questions are going to start. Sam says he, he doesn't know how he got back. Uh, he doesn't know where Castiel is. Castiel hasn't answered any of his prayers. Um, I love that he just Dean's second question is about Castiel, by the way, like we need to point that out because he says like, how did you get out? And Sam says, I don't know. And he says, and then immediately afterwards, well, does Kaz know? Have you talked to Kaz? Where's Kaz at? I want to talk to Kaz. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Canon Dean is just asking because, um, (laughs) Canon Dean is asking because, you know, Castiel is obviously the one that brought him back. Dean is just asking because <laughs> he loves Castiel. He wants to know where Castiel, his other buddy is. Yeah. Um, um, 
he can live his tree life with Castiel. He's living his canon life with Lisa right now is the, is the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sam doesn't know. Uh, and worse, Sam has been back for a year. Uh, so he's been back almost the entire time, which rightfully pisses Dean off. Um, because you know, like, Dean has been fucked up about his brother's death for a year and and Chris it's a fucked up thing to make people believe that you're dead like that's a fucked up Mm -hmm. thing to do to people like I don't care what your excuse is but faking your own death is a shitty thing to do especially to your family it's a um, it's a very it's a strange move and it was the first thing that kind of put me on my guard I had had so many questions about this season about whether or not that was really Sam about whether Lucifer was in there I had a lot of I had a lot of questions because this, it's just after everything they worked towards in season five, this just seemed kind of shitty that he, he says, I didn't, I didn't come back because I felt like after everything you deserved to have some regular life. We saw what happened to Dean when he came back from hell after spending four months in hell or like, what is it? Like it was 40 years in hell for him. Um, I don't know how long Sam was down there for, but he was in Lucifer's cage. I imagine that that was pretty bad. So, Sam coming back, I, I had the excuse in my head while watching season six that Sam is different because he was in hell and because it had an effect on him. Um, it comes up a little bit later, so we can talk about it then. But this whole scene just made me so uncomfortable. I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out why Sam was being so weird. But he's it's, been, um, it's it's very strange. He's been hunting, and um, I, I want to talk about it just a little bit before we get into what he has been sure. doing. When he tells Dean this stuff, um he definitely seems weird and it almost seems like he's lying from the get go. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because I like, I just immediately don't trust the Sam for some reason, or if Jared Padalecki is just selling me on not trusting the Sam for some reason. Um, either, either one is totally acceptable because Sam is just presenting himself as an entirely distrustful person, not distrustful, but um, not trustworthy person. Yeah. And it's, he's, I mean, I think to Jared Padalecki's credit, he's acting like he's not acting like Sam whatsoever. Yeah. He's playing. It's almost like he's playing a different character here, and we just have no idea why. He's been on the screen for four minutes, and he hasn't fucked a werewolf, Chris. That's. I mean, yeah, it's unlike like, Sam. <laughs> you know what I'm he saying? hasn't. He hasn't bemoaned anything. He hasn't, he hasn't bemoaned had, a single thing. He's barely had even any feeling. <laughs> Sam bemoaning. Am I right, Chris? <laughs> Sam bemoaning. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, but yeah. So what have you been doing for the last year? And Sam says, I've been hunting and I've been hunting, uh, with, with some, with some friends and actually they're other called hunters, family. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we get introduced to, I'm glad I wrote some of these names down, uh, to, 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 Gwen, Christian and Mark Campbell. Uh, and yes, it's, it's that Campbell. It's the Mary's Winchester's maiden name. And, uh, yeah, they're like cousins or something. And, all of this is really strange, and it gets even stranger mm-hmm. because Samuel pops out, like our, our old friend from the, the grandfather uh, back in time episode that got mm-hmm. killed by Yellow Eyes. and then So yeah, Mary's father, Samuel, who has been dead since before the boys were born, mm-hmm. he's, he's back and he's kicking, and uh, neither... And, Chris, and, and worrisome, it, he looks exactly the same as he did when he died. <laughs> he's not exactly aged today. No. And uh, both the Sams... Samuel and and Sammy, neither of them have any idea h- how they came back. They don't know why they're back to li- they've been brought back to life. They don't know how it happened. They don't know who brought them back. They don't know why they're here. Um, but what they do know is that Sam was poisoned by the Jin right before Dean was. Um, and now they know that the Jin aren't 
quite like the ones that they faced previously, I, I believe in season two, that are the full, fully tattooed, fully like blue skin. They look like Jin. They look like a monster. You know, mm-hmm. they don't look like a like a human being. But now they they look a lot more normal and they can blend in. Um, and throughout all of their their hunts or whatever, we find out. You know, Samuel has. I think he has some sort of line about you know, I know things that your daddy could never have taught you or something like that. Samuel comes from a a family of hunters, a line of hunters, like for generations. That's what we've been led to believe. Or John Winchester just he came into it himself. He didn't even know his wife was a hunter, um, or maybe he did, but it was too late by then. So Samuel he 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 knows some things, I guess, and we're going to learn more about what he knows going throughout the season. But he had a cure for this poison that the Jin had put into uh, Sam and Dean. And that's so the they, thing that he like Dean is like, wait a minute, you have a cure for gin poison? Like, and that's the that's the line where he says, you know, I have I have, I have tricks that your daddy never saw or something. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. I like this. I like this history. Um, in the next scene, they're going to go back to Dean's house so that he can go check on Lisa and Ben because now mm-hmm. that he knows gins are out there, like he's really worried about Lisa and Ben. And um, in the scene, there's there's like all of these dudes like kind of make fun of him for living a normal life, which I hate. Campbell's fuck you <laughs> like yeah. let me just Come live guys. my normal life like you guys were lying to me the entire time by omission like Sam could have come and got me and I would have been a, I'm way more of a hunter than you are anyway I'm, yeah. I'm, getting, I'm getting mad on Dean's behalf which is a dumb this, thing to do this whole scene is a weird kind of reversal of season one where Dean comes to get Sam mm-hmm. because there's some shit going on because Sam just came to get Dean because there's some shit going on they hadn't seen each other in a while and it's a it's a weird reversal. It's not not a one to one thing here, but it was something that I noted down. It's uh, also the Jin that are here. I think they they discover it, or Sam says that you know why are the Jin after us? It's well because we did kill one a yeah. while back. This is a this is a plot thread from a monster that they killed in season two, which is um, a very cool. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm into that. Um, while they're at the house, um, you know he's. Dean is kind of getting ribbed about like living this normal apple pie life as we're all going to call it. And Samuel walks up and says, um, and basically has this kind of, not a heart to heart, but has this conversation with Dean and going back to that line of hunters. Like, you know, he says you have ancestors that were pulling heads off vampires off coming into Mayflower. Like that's how far we go back. And that's how, how long we've been doing this, which like seriously, vampires were in the Mayflower. <laughs> that must have been the most miserable, <laughs> miserable ride to Plymouth Rock that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, <laughs> really would have changed the uh, elementary school field trip we went on to Plymouth Rock if I'd known that vampires were getting their heads ripped <laughs> off there. <laughs> well, man, the, the, it's the stuff that the teachers don't tell you that's really interesting. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, sorry, I don't know why I said Chris because I was What's about up? to say Sam again. Jesus Christ. You always I do, do this. I do this all the time now. It's so weird. Just once I need you to call me Dean so we can call it even. Um, You're Dr. Jeremy Winchester. It's true. Thank you for remembering. Uh, Samuel also tells tells Dean to like, hey, we've after this apocalypse, like we're seeing shit that we've never seen before in our lives. Like we have uh, shifters just, you know, um, doing some crazy stuff. We've have uh, werewolves that are turning at half moon. Um, we have, you know, things that sh- should not be out in the daytime, walking around during the daytime. And uh, maybe now is not the time for your apple pie life. Like maybe now he, he yeah. actually says now is not the time for golf, but uh, you know, that's because they were making fun of him for having a golf club. Like Sam says something about it. I'm like, you know, that you told you not, you didn't tell him that you were alive. You wanted him to lead the apple pie life. What did you think was going to be in his house? <laughs> Plus they're probably made of iron. So, you know, sure. yeah, you, you could definitely kill a demon with some fuck or a ghost with some, uh, with, with some golf clubs. I don't know what golf clubs are made of Chris. Are, are they made of 
iron? This yeah, seems like they'd be kind of heavy. They're probably some sort um, of like plastic. Anyway, I don't know. Um, yeah, this is. Um, I, I'm super into the idea of after the apocalypse, monsters going haywire. Seems like nobody follows the rules anymore. Supernatural has always been cool about its monster rules, even though we haven't seen a lot of it in the last few seasons because it's all been angels and demons. Uh, that that's always been a cool element, and just even though we haven't seen it, I think all the viewers and me at the time, especially having seen all those other seasons so many times previously, I bought the DVDs and kept watching them over and over. I was very familiar with like the lore on werewolves of this show, you know, and seeing that, well, yeah, the, you, you stop the apocalypse, but everything's just messed up now. I was very into that being the concept for season six. This is, this is really interesting. It's going to get more interesting too, as we, as we learn more and more about what's going on. Uh, in the meantime, Lisa and Ben show up and, uh, or no, no, wait, at this point they, Dean goes out to like check on the spotters and they find out like the gin are just like hanging out around the house. So he convinces yeah. Samuel and the crew to leave because they know that the gin aren't going to attack unless, wait, wait is that now or does that happen? After? I can't, it might be after because he does take Lisa to, to Bobby's, Bobby's house. Yeah. Yeah. So Lisa and Ben show up finally and he's like, where have you guys been? And she's like, we've been at the fucking movies. And then Ben just like kind of thumps into Sam <laughs> <laughs> it was like, holy shit, who was this giant in my house? Like, <laughs> it's, just, ah, it's a monster! <laughs> the jolly green giant is here! Ah! <laughs> uh, but Ben is, is appropriately freaked out, and Lisa is appropriately freaked out, and then, um, of course... And then Sam, says, like, hits his head on the chandelier or something because he's too tall for their house. He's like, <laughs> and then Sam's appropriately freaked out because he has a concussion. <laughs> um, so... At this point, they, they rustle them up. Uh, Dean demands that they go pack a bag and get the hell out of there and takes them to Bobby's. And uh, Bobby, it's nice to see Bobby, by the way, just just straight off the bat. Um, yeah. I, did you notice if he was still in the chair or not? I forgot to, to really pay attention. No, he's, he's walking in. He walks over, answers the door. Okay. Um, I couldn't, for some reason, I was I was thinking he was sitting down for this entire conversation. Uh, but, but Lisa and Ben are going to stay at Bobby's, and it, we find out that Bobby has known about Sam for a long time. And yeah. if you yeah. thought Dean was mad before, wow, the anger in his voice in this scene is so powerful and it's so great. I, I love Dean being mad about this because it is a seriously fucked up thing for his family to have done to him. He, yeah. He, um, he, he tells him that he's been like, he, this is where he describes like the, the wrecked state that he was at when he, after the apocalypse happened or didn't happen for that matter. And he showed up on Lisa's door uh, he says that he's been drinking too much. He's had nightmares. He, he he bought hundreds of books trying to figure it out. And Sam's like, you promised that you wouldn't. He's like, of course I did. Like, just like yelling, like, what the fuck mm-hmm. do you think I'm going to do? Of course I'm going to try to figure out how to get you out. Um, it's it's just really great. Uh, I, I I just, like, Dean's anger in this scene is, is palpable. Yeah. And I love it. This is, um, this scene is weird because... Bobby was like, you know, you got, like, what hunters never get to have. You got a normal life. You got out. He, he's yelling about it to Dean to justify his actions. But this, I feel like, is what the writers say Bobby did. I don't think that this is what Bobby would do. I just feel like the boys and all that they went through means too much to him for him to have stayed silent about it. It doesn't feel like a Bobby choice. It feels like this was a plot choice by the writers. And it's one of a few things that starts to kind of spiral a little bit. It's like when you get a little pull in your sweater and you pull it and then the yarn is just coming out and suddenly you ruin the whole thing. Uh, there's oh, just yeah. little things like, like that. Like that Weezer song. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, <laughs> I, there's these just little, these little things that start to, to stick out throughout the season. And for me, this is the first one. 
as much as I felt uncomfortable about Sam showing up, I was like, well, there's a reason that he's being weird. I just don't know what it is yet. Bobby, Bobby not telling Dean for whatever reason always stuck with me. Like Bobby wouldn't do that to Dean. I just don't believe it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe other people read it differently. But what I do know is that Dean's anger is definitely justified. Absolutely. Um, and we don't really get much of a resolution on this because they just kind of like leave. And uh, now Dean has to convince Lisa and Ben uh, or Lisa rather because Ben's not in the scene. But Lisa and Dean have to have this conversation. And Dean's kind of beating himself up a little bit because uh, he definitely wants to go and like chase this stuff down. But he feels guilty because he, he feels like he should have he should have known, right? He should have known that these mm-hmm. monsters were going to come at him. And I think he even tells uh, Lisa what Azazel told him, which is that you can't outrun your past. And she kind of looks at him and is like, what, what? What What are you even talking about? Like, how did you, how are you supposed to know that this was going to happen? Uh, like, and, he's, and he basically apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry for everything. And, uh, and this is where I think your your idea of Lisa being creepily okay with everything that's she's ridiculously chill about this is she just like super stoned all the time so she's like whatever man <laughs> because Dean is definitely trying to break up with her right now and she immediately yep. understands it and she's and she goes into this thing of you know you showed up at my door this is the best year of my life you know we we were good together we had our problems I wanted you to be a good father for Dean it, this isn't fair like you should go to that go do this thing and then come back to me basically and that's a that's a that's a thing. <laughs> like if you're if you're if your boyfriend because like even after a year, like you're you're just a boyfriend and girlfriend situation, like you're not married or anything, like is going to be attacked by fantasy creatures on a regular basis. <laughs> and you have a I mean Ben looks like he's like what, twelve now, you think? It's been probably yeah, been about that long. Like that. Uh and you have a twelve year old in the house, like Honey, just just let him go. Like he's trying to break mm-hmm. up with you. Like go, go, go get on eHarmony or you know whatever. <laughs> go do the thing. I really appreciate that she is so cool and understanding, but I just don't get it. It's just not realistic for anybody to be that cool. <laughs> it's 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 not realistic at all. I. But again, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad that she's going to be on the show for longer. Like, I, and I like yeah. it's it's setting up a, a very obvious thing where Dean's going to be pulled in two different directions. It's gonna it's gonna wear him out because he he can't he's not going to be able to keep up with this. Like you can just see that right now, right? Like it's just you, you mm-hmm. can just immediately tell like this is not going to be sustainable for any kind of long term. So it's it's good. I like it. And this is where they finally head back to the house to to play themselves as bait. This is where they have to have the conversation about. You know the the Jin, they're all hiding. They're all in. They're all waiting, and they need all of the Campbells to leave for Sam and Dean to be alone in order for the Jin to finally make their move. So while uh, while Sam and Dean are here, they they talk, and and Dean tries to talk to Sam about hell, but Sam doesn't want to talk to talk about it at all. He's like, "No, nah, man, I'm good." And Dean says, "You know, if anybody can relate." Then it's me because I've, I've been there too, old, old pal. Um, but Sam just says, no, I'm free now. I'm not in hell. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I'm good. Let's just let's just chill. Uh, and that's, you know, big warning flag number two. There was no brother hug and Sam not wanting to talk about his feelings. What the F is going on, Jeremy? What's going on in this season? Why doesn't he want to talk about his feelings? That's not my Sam. That's not the Sam I know and love. Strange. Well- 
doesn't want to talk about feelings and then also doesn't have doesn't seem to have any curiosity about this whatsoever which is way unlike sam like sam mm-hmm. always wants to know how these things tick and how these things work and it's you know that's that's kind of core to that personality so the fact that he is just you know brushing this off is like yeah i went to hell for a little while and i came back and i don't know why or how just seems like grossly out of character mm-hmm. and again in a, in a good way right like it's making you it's purposely right. making you feel weird about about everything that's happening because we've seen villain Sam when he was all hopped up on demon blood, excuse me, demon blizzy, and was being corrupted by Ruby and was legitimately, he became a villain for a short period of time. He was like a tragic villain. It was, it would, none of it was on purpose, but that, you know, that fight in season four between Sam and Dean, those were villainous actions he was taking to go and do a thing. We've seen that side of Sam. We know what it's like when he gets led down the wrong path and does evil, um, even for when he thinks it's it's good, but this is just a very different Sam, a very blank slate Sam, and I you just don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, but it's really out weird. the window. Um, sorry, you want to keep talking to Sam? No, no, I was going to say it's it's really weird, and uh, unfortunately, we don't really have a lot of time to to deal with it because the mm-hmm. gin attack, and we're in a fight yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, Dean's neighbor Sid, the guy who in the Nirvana shirt from earlier, I finally wrote down his name at this point in the uh, in my notes. Uh, Sid gets killed. He sees his neighbor get killed or attacked. Um, and the Jin who shows up to fight the boys is the tattooed lady what we saw at the beginning of the episode at the bar who touched Dean and gave him her phone number. She's the one who poisoned him, and she's now come back for some revenge. Yep. But unfortunately, Dean is hit with that that toxin again, and he starts mm-hmm. to hallucinate. He starts would you, uh, to. Would you call it gin and juice? I would, it's some gin and juice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he he hallucinates. This is now. This is some real shit. Um. We get we get D, or excuse me Sam fighting off the Jin one of the Jins because there's multiple of them with the golf clubs you know not so funny now huh Sam uh, so he's fighting them off doing his his hunter thing meanwhile Dean has been infected again and he starts to hallucinate Ben drinking demon blood I like that they got Azazel's actor Yellow Eyes's actor back for this because he's feeding Ben this this demon blood and then he sees Lisa burning alive on the ceiling and it's such a specific targeted fear. It's that kind of compounds everything that Dean is afraid of. All of the first five seasons was kind of coping with the fact that Azazel came into his brother's room and, and bled into his mouth and then his mom died and everything. And him just seeing that again, his new family and having the exact same thing happen. I think it's just very telling for Dean to see, to see that be his hallucination. Yeah, this is, this is extremely powerful. I love the build up too, because when he gets infected, he starts seeing Lisa and Ben kind of outside the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he hears like uh, Ben saying, "Like I didn't want to leave. I want to come home and be with Dean or whatever." And so, like it's it's like he's hallucinating them wanting to be with mm-hmm. him, which mm-hmm. is going to kill them. And then like yep. that going from that point all the way to being literally in the bedroom, like Lisa on the roof and in a nightshirt, just like his mom burning on the roof, and Ben just man going to town on the demon blizzard, like not letting up <laughs> for a good solid 30 seconds. He's sucking it out of Azazel's arm. It's, it's, it's gotta be the worst thing that Dean has seen in his life outside of, you know, literal hell. And even then, right. I don't know if, I don't know that like hell could come up with this for him so easily. Probably so. True. Who, who knows? Um, I, this is really, they're, they're being really mean to Dean, Chris. <laughs> like it just seems yeah. like they're just beating up on old poor Dean. And, well, a lot of beating up on Dean. But here, Sam, I think Samuel and the Campbell show back up to help. And once Sam is kind of KO'd this Jin, Samuel says, all right, head out, go help your brother, do whatever. You know, I probably has to give him the cure again. And 
he starts singing Friday I'm in love and he just says, Dean, I'm trying to give you the cure. Please listen. Just listen to me. Um, no, no cure fans in here. Okay, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't remember if it was actually happening or not. I was like, did I miss the singing Friday no, I'm in love? Sing, he doesn't <laughs> sing a cure song. Actually, I was I was full on gullible, man. Like I was like, did, what the fuck did I miss? I don't remember no, that. He sends, Samuel sends Sam outside and then him and one of the other Campbells kidnap this gin. They put a bag over her head and tie her up and put her in the cage in the back of the truck without the boy seeing. And that's some shady ass shit. And specifically say, get 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 it out of here before they co- before the boys come back. Yeah, they, even Sam seems like he's in the dark here yep. about what they're doing. I don't know. We're left um, with a lot of unanswered questions here. A, a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, I do want to talk about this 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 treatment of the gin for a little bit because I mm-hmm. feel like our original gin, uh, like you mentioned, the the full blue skin hiding underneath. Um, like hiding in like shitty basements or whatever, like really just really like stinky places and then like strapping people up and making them hallucinate, you know, good stuff. And then feeding on that was really creepy and bad. Whereas like these people feel like they are, uh, extras on a matrix party set. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they're wearing like leather vest and like at some point, like they, their tattoos magically appear and then they shove like all of this weird shit in Dean's face to poison him. I just, I don't like what they did to the gin. And I, I, I like that we came up with the idea of gin and juice because that's really fun to me. But, uh, the, the gin here, I think are a little bit lamer than the original idea. Yeah. I don't know if, okay. First of all, if you end up calling this episode gin and juice, make sure it's, you spell juice like with the D. Um, of course. That's fun. Oh yeah, um, totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that like, maybe this is supposed to be sort of like a, a watered down version of a gin. Uh, that is part human. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe it's like the gin from um, the Witcher that that binds the love of of Yennefer and Geralt together. That's why it's canon and it's OTP. Uh, you have to move that to the outtakes. Uh, get your fake yawns out of here, okay? <clears throat> so after all that is said and done, there's a little bit of a powwow between Sam and Dean at the end here, where Sam says he wanted Dean to have a family to have this normal life, but now he thinks that that's all a bad idea. And he just straight up says, like, Dean, you're putting them in danger. Mm-hmm. And I think that you should you should come with me. Um, I don't like this because Sam is basically guilt tripping Dean for something that Sam directly promised, made him promise to do and then has continually lied to him about for a year. Because the thing is, Yeah, I think he was lying before. I think now less than guilt tripping. I think he's just saying exactly how he feels without really the filter to like realize that this is going to hurt Dean when I say it. He's just like, yeah, no, actually now I now that I've seen it with my own eyes, I think it was a bad idea. He just he just says it. Uh, but Dean says he has to go back anyway. And um, Sam's response to that is just like, okay, yeah, I hear you. Um, he's just he's just cool with it. Um, but then he talks about Dean being a, a euro, basically. Yep. Um, he and says you just I, went. You didn't you didn't hesitate. Yeah, uh, I don't like this either because you, I, it's it's like Sam is just basically like, yeah, I, I I don't need you to be like good at your job. I just need you to be impetuous. Like I just need you to run in and and, and like try to save everybody without any kind of like foresight or into. I'm like, this is, seems like a kind of a backhanded I compliment that you're giving right now. I I just see it as as Sam or the writers trying to pull something out, being like, yeah, you well, you just ran in, you just you didn't hesitate, you care because that's who you are. That's why, I mean, yeah, I guess it is in a, in a way a backhanded compliment. That's who you are. You're always going to try and save people and, and hunt things. Um, and that's why you can't have, if you have, you can have the family business or you can have the family and the family business is in you. Um, but Sam ends that with saying me, 
I wouldn't even think to try to go out of my way to save somebody like that. And Dean says, of course you would. And he says, no, I wouldn't. That's it. And we, that's one thing about, we can say about Sam is that he's always self-sacrificing and he's always putting his neck out, even when it's unnecessary to try and help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's just saying like, nope, that's not me. I wouldn't do that. That's you, Dean. You're the, you're the hero here. Not me. I'm just a hunter. Um, and I guess there is kind of a, a line drawn, at least for Sam, between hero and hunter. He says, you know, that's what Dean is and that's what, what Sam is. Um, but yeah, then then Dean tries to give Sam the Impala so he can go on hunting with it and Sam doesn't want it. Says he'll she keep sh- in touch. <laughs> she should be hunting is what Dean says, which mm-hmm. I, um, I've i talked before about how I hate that uh, they call this car baby. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know. I didn't realize it was going to like, I, I, I really, I have a problem and I, maybe I'm just being a, like a, just an old man here or whatever, but like I, calling cars by like gendered names really bothers me for some reason. Like, I think that's <laughs> the dumbest shit in the world. It's a car. Like I get yeah. that you spend a lot of time in it or whatever. And it's, it means a lot to you, but it's, it's not a, she, it doesn't have a personality. Like, well, this is it. coming from the guy who can't remember what year it was made in. So <laughs> yeah, I guess, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, if it was a 1969 Impala, then you could call it whatever the fuck you want to. I'm into it. <laughs> 67 <laughs> fuck that year trash <laughs> the license plate would just say nice um <laughs> of course but yeah uh, just this episode ends with with sam driving away saying keep in touch it was really good to see you again dean and it's the weirdest moment that for me it was like one of the weirdest moments of the episode because i feel like he means it but i still don't feel what i needed to feel from my from my, my hunks here um and he just drives away in his new his Dodge Charger or whatever it is that he's driving, <laughs> his, his, just like tricked out Dodge Charger. It's great. I think he even mm-hmm. says uh, when he in responded to uh, Dean saying he should take the Impala, he's like, "No, I've kind of got my car set up the way that I want it." <laughs> whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is <clears throat> this is weird, and it's unlike Sam. And uh, I feel like Dean is only going along with this because he's so overwhelmed by the strangeness of the situation, and uh, that's going to come out a little bit in the next episode we cover. Uh, but it's for now. He just seems so overwhelmed with all of these things that are happening that he's just he can't even get a grip on what questions to ask yet. Right? Like he's just like, okay, you're just leaving, and that's really strange to me. But I guess like I can't really do anything about it. So okay. <laughs> this episode, we we keep talking about it. This episode feels very strange in general, mm-hmm. and it really sets a tone. And I can definitely see why. Um, I can definitely see why people would talk negatively about this, like, because it's such a different tone. It's such a different approach to these characters and the series that we've seen before. And it feels even as we're doing this show, as we're doing this monster of the week podcast, um, it, it feel, it felt odd. Like when autumn and I were watching these, we were Mm -hmm. both like, man, this is, this is not our normal Sunday night supernatural. Like this feels, this feels weird. I don't know if I like this. And it's, it's once again, like talking about it with you and going through it, I'm, I'm pulling stuff out of it that I like. And I'm, I'm into the mystery of this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into this so far. Yeah. Like the Campbells are being weird. Sam is being weird. We don't know what's going on with the monsters. There's this whole Dean conflict going on. It's there's, they're setting up a lot here. And I remember finishing this episode for the first time feeling very uncomfortable about where the boys were at as i think when season six aired was was definitely like peak fandom for me Mm -hmm. uh seasons four and five uh were big and now it was just after loving season five so much i just could not wait for this and then being so put off by everything that happened here not put off in a like screw this i'm not going to watch the show anymore kind of way but in a just 
not feeling comfortable with the show. It's always been a comforting show. There's the beats that it always hits. And whenever they try new things, it's always fun. And we always tend to like those episodes, these two-parters that leave you hanging and they, they make you feel things. But this was was strange. It was different. There's a new showrunner. So everything was just off. There's all these new characters. And I walked away from the episode in a way feeling very dissatisfied. But more than ever, I could not wait for next week to see the next episode. It was like the wait was, was killing me. So as dissatisfied as I was, it made me want to watch the show more in a way because I was just so hungry to find out what was going to happen next. The next episode we're going to cover today is Two and a Half Men, written by Adam Glass and directed by John F. Showalter. It aired on Ooh. October 1st. Showalter? Is that... Is that Who are these two people? Just never uh, heard of them. We've never heard of these people. It's um, it's very strange. Uh, it aired on 10-1 of 2010. Sam investigates a case about missing babies whose parents are being murdered. At one of the crime scenes, he discovers a baby that was left behind and calls Dean for help. Reluctant to leave Lisa and Ben, Dean finally agrees to meet Sam and surprises his brother with how parental he has become. The brothers take the baby to Samuel, who decides to raise it as a hunter, which infuriates Dean. However, Great, that's the whole plot. <laughs> before they can decide the baby's future, a shapeshifter breaks in and attempts oh. to kidnap the baby. Wasn't okay. quite the whole plot. <laughs> All right, guys, that uh, that will do it for Monster of the Week. Monster uh, of the week. We'll cool. see you next time. iTunes reviews <laughs> at MOTWcast on Twitter, patreon.com slash Monster of the Week. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> So we're hit with the cold open is the per huge a terrified woman being murdered, I believe, in front of her baby. I think that about covers it. Yeah, um, she's she's holding her baby and like rushing upstairs. She tries to hide under a bed and like looks over and sees that her husband has been, you know, bloodily murdered in that same room. And then we see her getting pulled out and then uh, like we go right to our supernatural um, thing. Um, I th- actually, I think we do see her die. So yeah. Yay for yeah. That. Yeah. Um, man, I, I just, I just, I just took a little quick glance to my left and I can't believe I have a huge fucking poster of Sam and Dean hanging on my wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> I often forget that it's there. It's just Sam and Dean in front of an old house, uh, Castiel and Crowley are in the background and there's some shooting stars and, or falling angels or something, man. Oh man. I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast, but just, just took myself a second, took 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 myself back a little bit there. Why don't you have this room oriented so that you're not staring at that during this podcast? I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, anyway. Really fucking up there, Christopher. Really fucking up. I don't know what I'm looking at here. Um, So we go back to Dean, who's basically having like a little memory party and going yeah, through the Impala and like, and pulling out like you. all of his favorite stuff in the Impala, except for the army man. So, you know, yay for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but he's, he's got the he's got the sawed off shotgun. He's mm-hmm. got probably uh, an old flask of whiskey, a busty Asian beauty magazine, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The, all of his old favorites. One of Castiel's uh, trench coats. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just the whole thing. Just One of the, Cal- Castiel's all, all entire of outfits. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, we we kind of forgot to mention this, by the way, uh, that Dean is not appearing with his like normal leather jacket because uh, this was where that I guess there was only one of these leather jackets and it was stolen um, mm-hmm. on a, as it was being shipped from 
you know, to, to, from Hollywood to other Hollywood. I don't know where the fuck any of this stuff happens at. Uh, but yeah, so we're not going to see Dean in his like typical, uh, leather jacket outfit. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Cause I think one of Castiel's yeah. trench coats was stolen at the same time, which is really funny to me. They have 8 million of those though. So they're okay. Yeah. The, the off the rack target <laughs> trench coat, which seems yeah. pretty, pretty easily. Um, but Dean has moved Lisa and Ben to this new house. Um, so this is him kind of setting up the Impala in the garage so that he can ignore it. And uh, Ben and Lisa, you could already kind of feel some static coming from Ben. Like Ben does not like the fact that they had to move. Um, he wants to go out and play. And Dean says like, no, we're not going to do that. Like help your mom because he's terrified that Lisa and Ben are going to leave. But, you know, they're they're going to be killed. Like, they're going to get chased mm-hmm. down and, and killed. Uh it's nice that Lisa knows how to parent Ben a little bit. He's, he's, yeah. Cause he's, cause she's like, well, don't, don't, we can go out and play later, honey. Don't worry about yeah. that. You uh, know what? I saw a lot of things recently about, I guess something that happened in season 13, people saying, you know, Oh, Dean would never act like John. You you have no idea what you're saying, what that would mean to him or whatever to be acting like him. There was just for some reason there was an argument about Dean acting like John. And that's exactly what he's doing in season six, acting like John. And I think he gets called out on it too by Sam. Absolutely. Um, I know I was, I think I have it in the show notes that he was, he was acting like a real big, big old John and yeah. this. The fans have very selective memories when it comes to uh, their sweet boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny how that works out, isn't it? Fans. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Sam is investigating the crime scene that we saw in our cold open and, uh, found out that the baby wasn't murdered. It was kidnapped. Um, so he calls Samuel, uh, and this, this whole exchange is really weird. Like Samuel is like, we got to find it. It's definitely a case. And Sam's like, what's, I think it's just like a serial killer or some shit. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't seem like our thing. And Samuel's slamming laptops closed and yelling. Like he's definitely like grandpa Winchester in this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I also appreciate that he's like, yeah, maybe it's not a monster, but it's still like a fucking monster. <laughs> like, it's a dude killing people and stealing babies. Maybe we should check that out. Like, that, yeah. I mean, if you know, if we're not too busy <laughs> or whatever. Um, but Sam has the idea to check out all of the security yeah. companies that have been guarding this thing. So he puts Samuel on that. You know what uh, they say, though? Samuel says, sometimes I wonder about you, Sam. And Sam says, sometimes I wonder about me, too. Oh man, that's a that's a that's a deep exchange. This is a short little exchange here because there's a lot of questions about Sam's weird behavior now. But this is where Sam yeah he notices the name of the security company and he asks Samuel to look into it. Gotcha. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Ben is rifling through Dean's stuff, which the fact that Dean never saw this coming is a real big shock to me because like, what is a dude going to do but like go through his dad's stuff when his dad's not around? Like that's, that's primo, like little boy uh, behavior Mm -hmm. right there. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see what my dad is like when he's not around. And like, I want to see all of my dad's stuff. Um, but he finds a gun and of course Dean has to go over there and like yell at him about never touching this stuff. And, um, you know, Ben actually responds like you were shooting a rifle at my age. Like, what are you talking about? Which is pretty mature on Ben. Like, also, Ben, how do you know that? <laughs> Don't read Dad's diary. <laughs> Stay out of Dad's diary, please. Uh, but like, it's it's just it's it's you could tell that Dean is wanting to be so protective that he's being mean to Ben, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the John Winchester behavior. If I've ever yeah, he's seen just it. yelling at him. He makes Ben like run away and cry. Basically, he just. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just taking it out on him. And I think this is what I was thinking of. There was this scene where people would say that Dean would never resort to doing that to anybody. But I'm like, he did though. <laughs> like <laughs> He absolutely did. Yeah. And I don't think that that makes him like a, an abuser or an awful person. He just, you know, he sees Ben with a gun and he yells at him for touching it. Like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the appropriate reaction, but it's not unwarranted. 
and it's and, and it's you know like Ben hasn't had any training and like he doesn't he could easily hurt himself with this gun mm-hmm. like he doesn't know proper gun safety or anything like that like Dean probably knew and Dean is still like struggling with this we saw this at the end of the first episode in season six where Sam is saying like you know you should you should you know keep these people in lockdown like you should do the thing like you're gonna put these people in danger like you should you should arm them basically you should tell them what's happening and Dean doesn't want to do that he doesn't want Ben to grow up in the life so he's caught between having all of this past and then knowing that Ben's going to rifle through it but also preventing ben from like dealing with it in any kind of a mm-hmm. real way which is hey like that's john winchester winchester to a fucking t <laughs> like that's exactly you know that's the only difference is that john winchester raised his boys in life right. uh, because he basically had no choice um, and yet again you know lisa wants to talk to him about it but is also still very understanding however she calls him out on you know is it she says is it a monster that you're worried about or is it just monsters in general is it always going to be like this because they did move because they had been pursued by these jinn and yeah they killed some of them but like you still got to play it safe you still got to lay low and protect yourself and all that you know we just want to make sure the threat is over but she calls him out on that she's like that's you know the threat is over like y'all killed those jinn but it's monsters in general you're always going to be like this you're always going to be worried about what's behind that door what's under that bed you know what's in the shadows mm-hmm. it's just part of who dean is now that he has people to protect who can't protect themselves and he doesn't necessarily want to teach them to protect themselves because then he's just like john you know he's he's trapped in a weird circle right here there's also at the beginning of this when she confronts him um she asked him what did ben do and Dean says he didn't do anything, and he said, and then she, she responds, "Well, what did you do? Because something is going yeah. on." And I, yeah. I like that that kind of like that 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 depth of understanding. Like something has happened. Ben is acting extremely strange, and you, it was definitely because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this like you know we can't we we have lives like we, we're not going to exist as prisoners in in your world at all. Like we have to like Ben has to go to school. I have to get a job. We have to live. We can't just like hide out in this house. Right. Um, meanwhile. Uh, Samuel has searched these security records or whatever and found like a six month old baby that matches the pattern. So Sam goes to check it out and then, um, gets into a fight with a, what's obviously a shifter because when Sam cuts him with, uh, a, a, a silver knife, he, he's, he does that shifter like, ah, it's silver kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He just turns um, to goo or whatever. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he whatever shifters do. Yeah. Whatever. No, Sh- shifters are so fucking gross, man. This episode <laughs> especially reminds me of just how gross they make the shifters and I, and I really, really like it. Uh, yeah. I love. I like the idea of anything that transforms just being extremely gruesome and painful for the person that's transforming. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's a good that's a good thing. For, that's a good story beat for me, or not a story beat. Yeah. That's a good plot. Whatever it's good horror. Yeah, it's good horror stuff. Um, but yes, yeah, so we we kind of cut away from this fight that he has with the shifter to Sam calling Dean and insisting that he needs Dean's help, and Dean is like, "No, dude. Like I told you, I'm out. I'm not hunting anymore. I can't do this." And, and Dean or Sam just keeps pleading with him. Like, I, I really need you on this one. And I will drive to your door if you do not come and help me. So come and meet me somewhere now. And we get an answer to the reason Sam is so frantic pretty quickly because Sam and Dean meet up somewhere, some parking lot or whatever. <laughs> so I'm sure by some abandoned highway because that's mm-hmm. just kind of where they like to hang out. And Sam has a goddamn baby with him. <laughs> I, I like to think it's in the parking lot of Wet Pipe Factory from season one. So. Yes, yes, yes. They're like, hey, does this place seem familiar to you? I don't know. <laughs> didn't we? Didn't we have like a showdown with Dad and some like three <laughs> demons and up in this piece? Like, I think that's that's where this was. Um, actually, they weren't there for that. But anyway, um, but yeah, this is Sam has a fucking baby, Chris. He has like a, a, a an actual baby. Um, that is craziness. Um, 
Did we talk about Dean showing Lisa how to shoot and all of this stuff and like t- teaching her how to arm up? I think so. Yeah, I, think I feel. I feel like we missed that. Go meet up with Sam. Okay. Okay. Never mind. He, he has it. Um, and I, yeah, he's she's being cool and understanding about everything again, and basically like you know maybe you can have both. Maybe you can be a hunter and hang out with us. I'm not sure. She's just like, hey, go do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that they make her into a capable woman who does not need Dean to protect her, and you know she understands his baggage and there's not like fighting about it all the time. Um. She's just like, yeah, I can protect myself. You teach me how to use this and I will be fine. She's very capable. But at a certain point, it's just like, what the fuck? (laughs) She'd be a better hunter than everybody if she was put up to it because she's just totally cool with everything. Yeah, she is just like the most nonplussed person you've ever seen in your life. She's just chill. She just doesn't Just imagine her and Dean. Let's see. You know, her and Sam are hunter siblings. Every time Sam had any of his bullshit, she'd be like, what's going on, Sam? Tell Tell me about it. Talk to me about your issues. You're drinking some demon blood. We got to work through this, buddy. Mm-hmm, Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Everything will sure, be so fine. Are you sure that Meg is right for you? Or Ruby is right <laughs> for you? Like, are you sure? Like, she just seems like she's putting you in kind of an abusive yeah. and, and situation, Sam. Are you sure? You sure this is like right? You don't have a lot of agency in this relationship. You know what? Why don't, you know, why don't we have a weekend together? Don't worry about her so much. And then, you know, Sam, quit checking your phone. Don't worry about her. There would be a lot of, she's just so understanding. I just want to mm-hmm. put that out there. Um, she, she's really good. Um, so Dean and Sam are, and the name of this episode, by the way, is you know two and a half men and a baby, um, which you know obviously two and a half men. Two, oh, excuse me, two and a half men. It's obviously <laughs> reference to, to three men and a baby, right? Yeah, and the television show Two and a Half Men. What television show is Two and a Half Men? It was the most popular TV show for like ten years. It was the one with Charlie Sheen. I don't what. Really? You don't know what Two and a Half Men is? It's a terrible Ashton, show, but it was like Ashton, incredibly popular. Ashton Kutcher is in this? Mm-hmm. Well, he is now, but he wasn't before. Yeah, it was like the most popular TV show for the longest time, and then it was replaced by The Big Bang Theory. I mean, I don't like either of those shows. It's just information I have. Wow, there's 260-something episodes of this. Yeah, dude. You've never heard of Two and a Half Men? I, I guess, like, I have to have. But I don't... <laughs> Like it's weird that it would be. It was this on popular. syndication on like every TV show, so so weird. Anyway, yeah. um, I don't care where the where the reference is from because Dean and Sam are hanging out with a baby. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Sam is being I didn't mean to... no, no, it's it's fine. Like, just, that's weird. Uh, <clears throat> Sam is being weirdly prissy about like Dean um, wearing a seatbelt, which I find oh, really. Well, it's because he's in this new car. I think this is more a, a joke for Dean than it is a joke for Sam. Because he's in this new car and the the, the seatbelt thing is like going like ding ding, you know, when somebody doesn't have their their seatbelt on. And Dean is like, "What the fuck is this?" I thought it was just because it was the first time Dean has ever been in a car with seatbelts before. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he just didn't know how to use them. Uh, but yeah, they're they're riding around with this baby, and there's a whole baby farting scene, which is is really weird. Like they lean into some some kind of gross physical comedy here. That's, yeah. that's, that's also that's really Sam. Strange. I just want to say Sam cut the baby with a with a silver knife. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Did he? He implies that he tested it to see if it was a shifter. I don't know if he cut it or maybe he just had a silver coin or something. But he, but, but he can't because the whole, I mean, like, spoiler alert, like, the, the, it is a shifter baby. Like, that's the whole, mm-hmm. that's the whole, like, surprise at the end of the episode. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I made that up. I just wrote down that Sam cut a baby with silver. I thought that he, <laughs> he tested it. Um, But yeah, he's, they, they go, in, they, this this whole scene is so weird. Uh, Dean says like, we're going to need supplies. And then Sam's like, well, I've got a whole truck full of, you know, I got a whole arsenal in my trunk. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to need baby supplies. So they go to, like yeah. to the, to the local, 
you know, Walmart or whatever, where this baby is screaming as loud mm-hmm. as he can. And they, Dean they is showing some, some sort of paste or jelly to put on their butt. Butts. Oh God. So weird. Um, <clears throat> but this baby starts screaming as loud as it can. And I don't know how they did the audio for this. If this was an actual baby screaming, but it, the sound of babies crying just infuriates me. I just want it, it to sucks, stop man. as soon as possible. I don't know how parents put up with it. God bless y'all. Like I can't do it. I just, I just can't stand it at all. Um, so yeah, like this, they, they are standing in line trying to like, you know, buy stuff for this baby. When a woman comes up, this nice, like old black grandma looking lady, uh, comes up and she's like, Oh, what's his name? And they both say Bobby and John at the same time, Yeah, which is really funny. I think Dean says Bobby and Sam says John. Yeah. So Bobby John, baby Bobby John, <laughs> baby Bobby John. I do have to oh, say, man. I love how uncomfortable they are with Sam under his breath being like, Dean. Do something. Make it stop. Make it stop. People are noticing. <clears throat> this isn't specifically played for for like comedy. Like it's it's a funny scene, but it's obviously like an uncomfortable thing. But like they do a really good job of of, of making all of this seem horrible and bad. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the one challenge that the boys have never had to deal with before. <laughs> and then taking uh, care of a baby, taking care of an actual living human child. Um, they. This 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 nice old grandma lady says, "Well, let me take him, honey. I can I can help him out." And she takes him, and immediately the baby stops crying. And that's when Dean notices in the uh, camera feed, which is strategically placed so that he can see it somehow, uh, that this is a shifter. This this woman is a shifter. Like her eyes are flashing, mm-hmm. just like it did in our in our bank our bank scene way 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 back when. Um, so Dean says, "Give me the baby back, or I'll stab you in the neck." <laughs> Which is really great. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then yeah, this chick full just violence turns- against this sweet grandma. And then this chick just turns and runs, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and um, Dean jumps on her, and I, they get the, the baby back from her, I believe. Um, and Dean no. chases after her. No? Oh, did, no, they have to. Uh, when did they I get mean, the yeah, baby yeah, the whole back? episode is with them, them yeah, yeah, with of the course, baby. Of course, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> Dean tackles her, and then she just immediately switches to, no, you're, this man is hurting me. Stop, stop. So Dean is forced to, uh, to flee the scene. Although I think, mm-hmm. I think Sam was able to get the baby. Yeah, Sam is able to get the baby. He's trying, and Dean is trying to kill the the, the shifter when they find they. You know, she she does the whole stop him thing. Um, yeah, but it, as as they're leaving, that's right. The shifter gets the the photo, gets the the license plate, the mm-hmm. license plate for Sam's car, not the photo. I don't know what I'm talking about. I am all over the place today, Chris. I apologize. I am being an unprofessional hey. podcaster. No, it's. I mean, when have we ever been professional podcasters? So. So this sets up a scene where the shifter has um, stolen the identity of a cop. So they're mm-hmm. you know calling in a license plate. Meanwhile, Sam and Dean take this baby to an, it, just our, our classic shitty hotel, our classic shitty supernatural hotel. First yeah. appearance, I love it. Where uh, Dean is like basically being father of the year. Like he's changing the baby, putting her down, putting him down to sleep, humming Led Zeppelin to it, uh, like yep. and having having he's a great time. Diffusing an IED with poop is how Dean describes this, this situation. <laughs> And uh, Sam says that uh, he has a real Dr. Dr. Huxtable vibe around him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that has a whole different connotation in 2017 than it did it in sure 2010. <laughs> that reference does not hold up. Um, because Dean, I mean, Dean is so good at this because he says he's start, been starting to feel like Ben's dad. You know, he's not, but he's been fathering in a way. It's not a baby. That's way different. But he, it does show that he has this paternal instinct. He spent his life taking care of Sam as if he was his father. So it's it's... He, it makes sense that Dean is good at this. Although he does just give him a little like lick of whiskey to put him to sleep, which is funny. He does. He does. In my family, uh, dime a tap was a verb. So like I'm, I'm with this. I don't know. 
Um, but when when Dean says that he was feeling starting to feel like Ben's dad, Sam is saying that that's probably bad. That he probably mm. shouldn't feel that way because he's acting like John. Um, yeah, he's moving him from town to town. He's keeping him on lockdown. He's um, making all of those decisions that John did back in the day. It's like, how do you do all of that and not turn into John? Which, mm-hmm. as we've just seen earlier in this episode, is is a very real possibility. Um, but like, what's going to happen a lot in this season before they can get to a real meat of a conversation and like actually finish and talk about things? Something else happens that distracts their attention. Uh, they find out that one of the dads of in this that got their baby stolen uh, was still alive. Up to now, all of these babies have that have been uh, kidnapped have been um, the parents have both been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Sam goes off to talk to this father, mm-hmm. but one of them has to stay with the baby. So Dean stays behind, uh, helps put the baby to sleep. And I just want to note that Dean gets a little bit of magic finger action in this scene, which is, you know, callback to whatever yep. season three, but it's um, sad, Chris. It's so sad. Like he just doesn't look like it. Like he looks like all of the joy in the world has been taken out of him. And like, even <laughs> this can't kiss, you know what I'm saying? Like he just looks at yeah. the, at, at yeah. this thing. And he's just like, Oh, this used to make me feel something. Mm. <laughs> oh, Dean. <laughs> Poor Dean. Um, so yeah, this this sets up a, a thing where as Sam is interviewing uh, this this baby daddy, this literal baby daddy, Dean is kind of noticing something something weird going on, um, and it culminates in Dean finding, excuse me, Sam finding out that this baby was conceived, uh, and these people got divorced. Because this dude came home from a business trip and uh, – or no, found out that his wife was pregnant after they hadn't like had sex in a long time. And then she says, no, no, it's definitely yours. You came home early from a business trip one time and like we, we totally went to, to the bone zone and then that's how I got pregnant. You don't remember that? And he's like, it wasn't me. That's definitely not me. You're lying. And got a divorce and didn't want anything to do with the kid. Um, so shifters – are shitbags because <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, like literally hanging out and pretending to be a surveillance company, like pretending to be a security company, excuse me, and waiting for a dude to leave, pretending, getting dressed up like that dude, like shape shifting into that dude, and then going to bone that dude's wife to get that chick pregnant. That's a fucking horrible thing to do. Yeah, I mean they're monsters. Uh. Yeah, that's 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 gross. <laughs> like that, yeah. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no sympathy for shifters for this one. Uh, no, no, no. But at the same time that he's finding out about that, this baby literally explodes and turns into a totally different kid uh, mm-hmm. because the Huggies they bought had a black kid on the side of it. So this this white baby turns into a black baby and the most gruesome fashion ever, like literally an explosion of skin and blood all over the wall. Yeah. Like it's just shifting because that's in its nature, not because it like knows what it's doing or like did it on purpose or anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to create some logistical problems because uh, two uh, adult men – Two adult white men with a black baby. That's not going to look good. They already looked like they kidnapped this child. I mean, they yes. already kind of did kidnap this child. They're just yes. not doing a lot of great PR for themselves right now. Yeah, the Winchester brand is down in the polls right now. Like, if you go into the Google Zeitgeist chart, like, Winchester is, is, is dipping right now. Yeah. Um, but this is when they start to hear the banging, or Dean starts to hear the banging on the door. Somebody, you know, the baby's crying. Somebody's coming to investigate, and Dean's, you know, he's freaking out. But this person is insisting that they come in and Dean's like, okay, no, 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 no. That's not right. He puts the baby down and immediately stops crying. Thank God that would not happen. But oh I'm glad that, the, that they were like, you know what? We need to not have everybody turn their TVs off right now. Um, and sure enough, he opens the door and it's the shapeshifter cop that we saw earlier. And um, thankfully, Sam shows up just in time to shoot him with silver bullets, I assume. Take this guy down. Uh, gunshots near baby Sam. Really good. Smooth moves all the way through. Um, 
Well, he does He does uh, relay one bit of information before Sam shoots him. Um, he tells Dean that their father is looking for the baby. In mm-hmm, other words, mm-hmm. the, the, the shapeshifter's father is looking for him, uh, which is kind of an interesting concept. Like, this is the second episode in the row where we, we figure out that these, these monsters have families, right? Um, yeah. Did this with the with the gin earlier, and now we're doing this with the shapeshifters. And um, sure enough, after they take care of the shifter, like they're riding around in the car, and and Sam is so everything we know about Sam should contradict should should we we should know what Sam is going to say about this kid. Um, we like based on everything that we've seen in the five seasons, we should we should know what his attitude is. But for some reason, he's taking the opposite tack. He's yeah. saying that you know I've never I didn't even know monsters had babies. I thought that they just existed, like they just got popped out or something. And Dean's like, it's not a monster, it's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam's like, no, it's still a monster. Like, which is the total opposite of everything that we've seen Sam talk about. Like his whole thing in season one and two was that you know monsters don't have to be evil. Uh, and so hearing this totally this total switch is is really kind of a, a head snapping moment for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... I mean, it just, it's just further evidence that Sam is just not being Sam this season. He's just been weird this whole time. And, you know, I don't know if, if hell just messed him up to the point where he's just acting strangely, but it's just further discomfort as a viewer. Sorry, I just got an email and the guy's name was from, and it popped up on my, my phone. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name is literally John Showalter, the director of this episode. <laughs> That's weird. So, so either there's two John Showalters out there. Or uh, the director of this episode wants to be on Don't Give Up Skeleton. So, Could you which fucking w- imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Open Mike Eagle being on that show was, was fucking crazy to me. So, like, finding anybody related to Supernatural to be on any of my podcasts would be so fucking great. Having a Supernatural guy on your Dark Souls podcast? Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, I wouldn't. I would be like, actually, like, I know you probably want to talk about Dark Souls, but what about... Um, <laughs> So do we already talk about how Sam, or they bring him to Samuel and the gang? Is that where we're at? Uh, so this is where Sam proposes to bring the baby to Samuel, which Dean doesn't necessarily like right now, but goes along with it because, like, what the fuck else are they going to do? Like, he has mm-hmm. no other idea. He's definitely not going to bring this black baby to, to Lisa. And I'm not saying black baby because it's, you know, like, racist or anything. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's a ridiculous picture. Like, can you imagine Sam and Dean showing up on your door with this kid and being like, here's a baby. It's definitely legally ours somehow yeah <laughs> we gotta raise him also every once in a while he's gonna explode in a bunch of blood and guts and turn into something different <laughs> so look out um they bring him to samuel and as soon as they get there there's just a whole lot of weirdness going on the, the campbells are just weird one of them is arguing with dean and giving him shit um i just don't like them <laughs> i feel like i was supposed to like them but i don't um and and dean he's just uncomfortable he doesn't trust any of them he doesn't care that they're technically quote-unquote family he's like why didn't i know about any of you bastards um but they want to they want to raise this shifter they want to have this the shifter be raised by one of the one of the couples here i don't know any of their damn names uh to just raise the shifter as a hunter or wait till it gets old enough. And then I think Sam says, you know, we'll wait till it's old enough. Then we throw the question to them. Uh, and I think that you said to me yesterday that you were super into the idea of a shifter hunter, you know, a shapeshifter being raised by hunters and then being a hunter. Like that's a great spinoff novelization right there. But absolutely, obviously Dean is not cool with this. You know, he just said, showed in the last scene, this isn't a monster. This is a baby. Um, and now he's just like, yo, whoa, whoa, we're not going to, I think he's definitely a little bit sensitive about this because of his situation with Ben right now, but he's 
very against raising anything in the hunter life. But I mean, I get it. This is the only part where I, I don't trust them either. But I'm I'm not necessarily on Dean's side here because what else do they do with a shifter baby? You can't have it going to school and exploding in front of its classmates into a different being. Like <laughs> it can't, and you don't want it to grow up to be a malicious monster. So what are you going to kill it? Like this is the safest thing for them to do. Um, it's not well, fair, I think, but I think the safest thing to do would be to kill it. Like to be honest, that's just not like true, nobody true. nobody has that black of a heart at this point. Um, and and which is which is interesting because they're they're slowly but surely setting up the the, the Campbell family to be, uh, if not the villains of the story, then at least the antagonist to Dean. And and let's live in this scene for a little bit because you, you mentioned it before, but uh, like there's there's definitely some hostility. The one dude who's ragging on Dean about his torture, like apparently they all know about like Dean was in hell for forty years and like how he likes to torture people, um, and, and like just the sheer amount of uncomfortableness that's that is in this thing. Like at some point, Dean like Sam gives the baby to Samuel, and you could tell Dean, it's everything in Dean's power, like not to just rip the baby out of his hands. And um, eventually, he gives it to yeah this chick. Um, Whose name is Gwen Campbell? Yeah, it's Gwen. Yeah. yeah, because Gwen and um, some rando that's in the room are trying to have a baby together. Like when I was when I watched this again, I was like, "Aren't they all cousins? <laughs> like, why are they?" This seems a little weird, but it's definitely not one of like the other the other two guys, the two Campbell guys. There's just another hunter hanging out with this crew. Which, man, there's a lot of dudes just hanging out. Um, but yeah, like they've been trying to have a baby and haven't been successful. So like, here's your little shifter baby. We're gonna make it into a hunter. Very weird. Uh, very weird. And again, and I keep going back to this because it's going to happen all of the time. Before we can get any kind of resolution on this, um, something happens to distract everybody. In this case, uh, Samuel Campbell walks through the door, and now there's two of them. <laughs> he yeah. just like shows up and just walks through the door, which is kind of a, a weird moment because, like, is this what shifters do? <laughs> like, do they just like like? Do you think he would just walk into the White House as President Obama? <laughs> Like, yeah, that does, doesn't know. seem like a good plan. Like, how are you going to trick people? Like, just, you got to sneak in. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he just walks into this, I don't know, just for confusion, just just for sh- shock value. Um, but yeah, he just scoots on into the room. And then the I think he, he kills somebody. A hunter named Mark goes down. Mark. I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark goes down. Uh, Mark is one of the Campbell cousins. Um, so he's he's dead. We're down to three cousins. Down to two cousins. And then they load up this dude with tranquilizers, as far as I'm aware, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, interesting because, like, have we ever seen hunters like shoot to wound or shoot to like not no. kill? That's no. that's super strange that they would even have these tranquilizers around. And uh, yeah, saving people, tranquilizing <clears throat> things. No, <laughs> saving people, tranking things. <laughs> the family, the Campbell family business. Yeah, <clears throat> Campbells do things weird over here. Mm-hmm. And they. He, so he snaps Mark's neck and they shoot him full of tranks and you think he's about to go down when he, he powers back up. He, he reigns in that, that Dragon Ball Z force and uh, he goes Super Saiyan and ejects these tranquilizer darts from yeah. his body. Yeah. Um, did I use all my DBZ references right there? Yeah, right? that was pretty good. That was pretty I haven't, good. I literally never seen an episode of DBZ and never talked about it with anybody but you. So <laughs> just want to make sure I'm, I'm doing it right. Um, but yeah, he uh, – and then – I think during all of this, Sam and Dean have taken the baby downstairs to like what looks to be like a panic room, like the one that Bobby yeah. built for in season yeah. four for Sam. Um, and they're just kind of hanging there. And then uh, Sam decides to go up and go after the shifter and leave Dean behind and just gets dealt with pretty quickly. And that's when we see uh, Samuel walk in to confront Dean and the baby and the shifter. And 
listeners, you probably remember shifters when they change, it's always super gross. Like they literally Mm -hmm. shed skin and they leave a pile of dead skin and flesh behind them. And uh, this one doesn't do that though. This one actually like just changes like mystique style, like straight up changes, which is something we've never seen before. And you take like Dean is like freaked the fuck out about this. Yeah. It changes into Sam, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Let's see here. There's a little bit of, there's some, there's some more fighting going on. I can tell you that much. Yeah. They, he pretty much just, uh, chokes Dean a little bit. Oh yeah. And then he just takes the baby. I takes forgot the baby. That's how this episode ended. Yeah. He and just then takes just takes the jets. damn baby. <clears throat> yeah. We don't get any kind of closure on the shifter situation. They just take the shifter baby and leave. Um, I mean, it's been 10 years, so it's presumably we could have a, like this, this, the shifter kid could show up in wayward sisters somehow. Right. Like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like the shifter has been dead for a long time at this point, but who knows? Uh, who knows? Uh, so Samuel describes this this particular shifter as an alpha, and uh, which is the first time we've we've heard this phrase in relations to our to our monsters. So uh, he says that this the the alpha is obviously the original monster that went on to create all of the rest of them, um, which is kind of a really neat idea. Because these alphas can feel connections to their children, like and this idea that they introduced with the Jin and now the shifters of like this family coming together is kind of cool. Like I, I, I dig this a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, shit's getting weird here. Shit is getting weird, Chris, and uh, I don't necessarily trust Samuel on any of this stuff at all. Like especially no. with the scene with the cousins and everything. I just. I don't. I don't like working. I don't like Dean working with these guys. I. I don't even know if that is Sam. Like I'm. I'm questioning Sam right now. Like who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, that does, does doesn't seem like Sam to me. The literally the only thing like stable thing, and, and that's saying something that we have in this show right now is Dean. We I have no fucking clue what's going on with Sam. The Campbells just out and out. They do not seem trustworthy. We know that they're hiding things from Sam and Dean. We know that they're capturing monsters. They're talking about alphas and stuff. Did we get to the alpha stuff yet? Yeah. Okay, so they they just seem to they seem to know a lot that we don't know and that the boys don't know, or especially Dean doesn't know. Um, and there's, I mean, we had Samuel talking on the phone with somebody about capturing monsters. We don't know who he's talking to. There's just so many questions without answers here, and this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. How it's uneasy to watch. It's breaking from the formula of Supernatural, where there's always the dramatic irony of, like, the audience knows, but the characters don't. But now the audience has no idea. And there's some shit going on that we don't know about. And that's always fun to watch on on TV shows when there's a mystery to solve. Here, for some reason, you know, again, I like the idea of it. I like what they're trying to do, but it never seems to work with me. Maybe it's because I like Supernatural for other reasons than that. But again, I, I don't want to fault them for trying something new here because they are really starting to build a mystery. Um, I just wish that it was they were building a mystery where Sam and Dean were the ones who were in the dark together and they still had each other because that's the show for me. But no. Is that going to be our uh, season finale theme song? We did I'm Torn last time and now we're going to do Sarah McLachlan's Building a Mystery. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we, we do have one scene that we need to talk about, um, or actually two scenes. Uh, Dean goes back and has a conversation with Lisa and basically says like, you know, Hey, I, I don't know what to do. Like I am obviously not a normal guy. Like I had to go do this. Um, but I, I sh- I'm also torn. 
<clears throat> I'm torn uh, between, you know, having to go do this thing. And I feel like this is my responsibility. I feel like I had to help Sam uh, versus, you know, my responsibility to Lisa and Ben. And and Lisa basically just doubles down on her super coolness that we've we've described several times yeah. throughout the show. She, she says like, <laughs> sure, yeah, why not both? Uh, and she literally that that GIF that that all of Twitter uses nowadays. Uh, and basically says like, you go do your thing, go do your hunter thing, and we'll be here. And you know, come back to us when you can. Come back to us whole. And I, I there's a line in here where she says that he's white knuckling it, trying to pretend to be somebody he's not, and. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not a fucking idiot. Like, she's obviously seen that he's not super satisfied with his apple pie life and that he maybe needs to do this. But, like, why the fuck she would ever, like, broach this this terrible deal? I, I Like, this go off and, like, run the roads of America shooting monsters and putting yourself in danger constantly while me and Ben are just chilling. And also, I'm not dating any other dudes. And I guess, like you're not sending me any money because you don't have a job anymore. Like, <laughs> like we're not, who's paying for this house that we just bought. I, I don't understand this deal at all. I'm glad Lisa is doing it. Like I, and again, I don't like, I'll, and I like the, the stage that it's going to set, which is the, you know, being pulled back and forth from normal life to hunter life for Dean. I like this, but like, wow, Lisa, you're so yeah. cool. You're, you're too cool. It feels like maybe they had to make her like that because there was a lot of seeming resentment against female cast members in the past. On this show, um, when I the first thing I like Googled about like why um, why Bella and Ruby or those two actresses didn't make it into season four from season three, I just remember reading this could be inaccurate that the the female audience had been didn't didn't like that or maybe it wasn't the female audience maybe it was just the audience in general didn't like these women go, getting in between their boys or whatever, uh, which is a shame because I think that the audience wants something very different now. In, in 2017 and probably even at this point too, but it's like they added this female character, but then they had to make sure that she wouldn't interfere with Sam and Dean. Otherwise people would get mad. And I don't know if that's accurate because I don't feel like that would be the case, but it just seems like they're really tiptoeing around her character. Like she just has to be totally cool with everything. Otherwise people will get mad at her and they won't like her. Yeah, this is, um, it seems unfair. I've heard that a lot, and I don't like we we've talked about this on the show. You and I aren't as tied into the uh, supernatural community as as a lot of people are. Like even some of the listeners of the show are way more tied into this community than than we are. Um, and I think for me personally, like I never really sought a lot of that stuff out, so I never really engaged with it. So like when people would make fun of like the super Hulakians or whatever, like I never like it was ridiculous, and I would you know hey like that's a ridiculous thing or whatever but like it's still just like people being weird but when you start hearing stories about like um the jared and jensen's wives being like having people like security called on them in conventions and stuff and escorted out because they you know whatever like fans are being stupid about it Mm -hmm. it's 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 a little strange and uh if that's going so far as to affect the direction of the show in some way that's 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 really sad and that's like the definition of toxic fandom to me like the the moment that you stop um just appreciating the thing that these people are making specifically for you and then you start actively trying to change it to fit fit your own idea about it like just because you you engage in a fandom or a community of something doesn't mean you have any right to like change it or any any sort of ownership on it whatsoever right and the other thing is, like, if you don't like the way they treat female characters, and I think there's an argument to be made that Supernatural is really – they really do treat their female characters as, as disposable. Like, we've seen Pamela, uh, Ellen, and Joe were all, you know, relatively big characters that have all died, that are all gone. 
Um, Mary Winchester is probably another mm-hmm. one. All gone. <laughs> like they don't exist anymore. Like they're dead. Whereas we have uh, the Bobby Jess. And, and the Kaz. <laughs> Jess. Very first fucking episode. Jess. Um, so like I, I think you can make that argument. But if you don't like that, like don't become a weird person to the people making the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's different between writing in to complain about it. That's one thing. But like don't be like don't stalk people and don't like don't be shitty to people. And I don't know why I'm talking about this anymore. Like I like Lisa a lot, okay. so yeah. <laughs> uh, we, I just got to get on my own soapbox. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut this down and say like don't be shitty to people in general. And like just if you don't like something, don't watch it. Like that's the right. I, I don't understand the way why that the I internet, have always yeah Ugh. the way I've always engaged with fandom, not just with with Supernatural, is I want to know what's going to happen next. I want to know like what the writers are going to do next, or like if I'm reading a book series, I want to know what the author has to say next. As much as I have my own ideas of how I want things to go, I don't – I'm just not into me coming up what happens next. I've read so many long series where I'm surprised by something or I'm unhappy with something that happens. But this is what the writer came up with. They are the arbiter of the story. I am just getting to experience it. And that's how I enjoy fiction. That's always how I enjoy fiction. So even when I was unhappy with season six, I knew that this was a choice that somebody was making and this was the product that was being delivered to me. This was the fiction that was being delivered to me. And I would have to to parse through it and see where it went, even if I didn't like it at parts. That's not how everybody engages with fandom, and that's okay. Everybody has their own way of enjoying things or or disliking things. Um, but I, I just I would hope that the fandom would not have a negative impact on this season. But parts parts of me do see that with Lisa, especially. And, and for our preference, for our purposes, uh, I, I still find it's very weird. I got the same vibe from Lisa at the end of this episode that I did from the end of, uh, I want to say the penultimate episode of season five where Dean goes to her and says like, I'm going to go make a deal and you're going to be protected. And she's like, come in and get this beer or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, it's, it, I, I thought that she was a plant. Like I thought she was, you know, a plant and it's, I, it's kind of feel like that now too. So like, she's just so likable. Like it's, it's gotta be a setup. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's oh maybe she's a shifter at this point. She's too cool. Ah, <laughs> oh, too cool. Um, but that's that's the end of the episode, Chris. Mm-hmm. And we're done. Well, uh, Dean oh, wait, loads wait, up wait. and pulls the Impala out, and uh, I think smoke on the water plays. It does, and it's it feels like a very jarring thing because it feels like Dean is like it, they seem they seem to be treating this as like Dean being free all of a sudden and he's like jamming out and to his classic rock. Yeah. Classic so like, I guess car. you don't want to hang out with I, I, your girlfriend I, wh- and her yeah, kid. <laughs> just, just break up with her dog. Like, what are you doing? Cause <laughs> you were like, holy shit, it's good to be free. My dudes. I don't. I, yeah. I, it's a, it's a weird tone on this scene. It's a weird shift in tone on this scene that I, I, because, I don't know that I'd and I, like. I know that it's like, Hey, look, the boys are back in town. They're going to be hunting. You know, we're getting we're getting back supernatural, right? It's not suburban Dean anymore. So it's supposed to be this big celebration for like, yeah. Well, you know, we we tricked you for two and a half episodes or whatever, but like now it's going to be supernatural again, right, guys? Um, so it's weird. It's all very weird. It's like they present these really interesting scenarios, and even when they don't work, I kind of wish that they just like stuck to their guns on them. Like they have mm-hmm. suburban Dean, and like you know what? Maybe it's not what everybody wanted. Maybe people aren't happy with it, but like you got to follow through with it. But they really don't. They're just like. But now we're moving on. We did that for one episode, and now now Dean's free again. So there's a lot I like about season six, and again, that all comes down to ideas and concepts. And they don't, like I just said, don't follow through with all of them effectively. 
there's still a lot to enjoy here, but it's a confusing season to be it sure. Is, it, and it's, it's, I think purposely, and we've, we've said this before, it's purposely designed to make you feel odd. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's supposed to, um, like challenge what you, ex- your expectations for what a supernatural show is. And, uh, because it's, it's kind of had a very consistent tone. Like it's been, it's been like yeah. a dark, um, you know, horror story for a long time. Even if they get cosmic and even if they shrink it down to like a little ghost story at a, at a hotel somewhere, it's got kind of had the same tone and like, this is dramatically different. And it's, mm-hmm. I think they do that specifically on purpose. And I've said it before. I don't, I don't have a lot of like, like a lot of my season Post-season five stuff blends together and um, watching at the pace of this, I think is going to be at the pace that we do is going to be interesting because like, I know I'm going to remember this. Like, you know how, when you read a book you haven't read in a while and you're like, who is this guy? And then you read like mm-hmm. a chapter and you're like, Oh, that's right. This is the guy that does the yeah, thing with the yeah. dude. I'm sure that's going to happen to me. So it's not like I'm going to be going in completely blind, but uh, it's, it's interesting watching this and then trying to like dissect it for the show as it always is. Like, this is always, this mm-hmm. is why we, this is why we do this podcast because we love it so much. My experience with supernatural has, I think that this podcast is going to make me remember episodes a lot more clearly because it's either been watching it week to week live with um, commercials in between and just that, that whole experience of it or watching it on DVD or on Netflix and just binging it. Like, so watching all of season six over the course of like two weeks or something like that or shorter, you know, just like binging through it, going through it not taking the time to parse out each episode as its own thing. So now that we're doing the podcast with, with the, the portion of the show that's foggier to us than the first five seasons, I, I want to, I wonder where we're going to end up with this. I wonder where dissecting each episode is going to take us, like the two of us as podcasters and as fans of supernatural, like, are we going to have a new appreciation for these seasons after having broken out these episodes? So it's not just one big blur of stuff happening. Or are we going to, you know, maybe maybe we won't like it as much now. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Yeah. We're here Let's for Supernatural through the highs and the lows. I don't want anyone to think that we're ever going to just be standing here hating on Supernatural. We love our boys. We love our hunks. And we love this show. So don't worry about that. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'm – listen, I, I watched this show. Like, I, I didn't watch it as religiously as I did. Um but like I, I kept watching this show for years and years and years. And that's why when this original idea of this podcast was proposed, I like, I jumped on it, like knowing that some of the later stuff may not be as good, but wanting to get into it at the same time. So like, we're, we're definitely not stopping anytime soon. We're, we're going to try our best to keep the show upbeat, even if we have issues with the show itself. So I think that's not going to be a problem, but, um, Next week, we'll be back with two more episodes of Supernatural. Uh, I probably should have looked up to see what those are, but I completely <laughs> forgot. It's uh, episodes three and four. That much we do know. Sure. Yeah. If you want to watch along with the show, you can go to monsterweek.cool slash schedule. I have uh, the episode numbers, the dates they're going to come out, and which episodes of the TV show we'll cover on those podcasts. So go check take a look at that. While you're there, you can hit the shirts button if you want to buy some shirts. We're putting up some more merch on the shore this week. I'm hoping if I have time. Uh, I'm real excited about this merch. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a strong merch push. I'm gonna try to get all those images and, and do a bunch of stuff. Um, I know people have been requesting some Demon Blizzy and some um, Smanford U shirts, and then I might just have to go and like find somebody to commission that stuff for me. <laughs> so I can't so to get that stuff done because I've been playing around with the Demon Blizzy shirt and. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm not that good of an artist. Yes, same. I can't, I can't, can't really draw. Uh, and if you uh, want to support the show directly, patreon.com slash monster of the week is the place to go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Chris, it's always a pleasure. 
can't, I, can't, I can't wait to talk more about hunks with you, man. Likewise, my, my dude. Let's get out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Sick. All right. G2 Stop. G2 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 so hungry, bro. I'm so hungry. I'm about to smash this pork, bro. <laughs> Are you either going to slice it now or are you just going to pick it up in one hand and sm- eat it? I'm going to punch it. I'm going to punch it till it's so tender that it just breaks apart. Yep. Well, enjoy, enjoy your pork. Wait, what episode is this? 47? God damn, boy. Holy moly. This podcast is going to be going for All right. I will uh, catch you later. Later. All right. Shall we? Yeah, give me. Hold on. I wanna, motherfucker, I want to eat. <laughs> Look, it's not my fault that you're an hour ahead of me, okay? <laughs> Uh, you should have eaten before the podcast, Chris. I had a banana. Hey, I'm just picking out a new wallpaper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I like these ideas. I like these ideas a lot. We love mm-hmm. gaming. We love gaming, Chris. As 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 people that like to cosplay as futuristic For military sure. people, we love gaming. This is an interesting... Uh... Name for that. Okay, there we go. I have a quick correction for you, Jeremy. I'm not a geek. I'm a gamer. Wow. Let's see. What did they Photoshop into those A's? I think it's like damage. Like, you know, like uh, in Halo 2 and you could shoot the walls and they would remain damaged. (laughs) So it's not like, it's, it's like where Doom Guy gets bloody at the bottom of the screen? Yeah. Are you? Do you know what Doom is? Are you? I know what Doom is. Come on, it's, <laughs> well, it just you have to it ask. just came out for the first time in 2016. <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, it did. I was always afraid of Doom when I was a kid. I, a lot of my friends would play it, and I'd be like, I don't know, man. It seems pretty effed up to me. <laughs> I don't like to mess around with Satan. You know what I'm saying? Come on, guys. <laughs> Satan's not funny. I don't play with that. All right, it's not. It's not a joke. It's Satan. Jeez. Dude, I was getting all lit as a yeah, kid. I'll, 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 <laughs> just fucking angry. We, the, come, come on, guys. <laughs> Jess and I started watching um, on YouTube. She just was like randomly remembered that she used to love the show when she was young. It was called MTV's Fear. And it was on MTV. And it was like, you know, one of those reality scary show it was like fear factor kind of but it was mm-hmm. before reality tv like really took off it was 2000 so they had like the real world and stuff on mtv but they it wasn't like the way that it is now and they send all these like teenagers to a haunted location or you know allegedly haunted location and then they have them go do a dare like okay you have to like walk out into the woods and stand there by yourself for 20 minutes or like do this it was just it's some stupid show we ended up binge watching this whole freaking thing because <laughs> we watched like four episodes of it because it's reality tv but it's not it's not annoying reality tv so it's just funny to watch people freak out it's innocent reality tv but so many of them would just be like uh-uh, i'm not messing with that doesn't matter how much money i'm not messing with satan and then they would quit everybody keeps quitting because they'll have to be like oh go perform the satanic ritual in the woods and people will be like nope not me i'm not doing it i quit like you guys are going to win money if you just pretend. 
<laughs> you just do this pretend thing for TV, but they all they all quit. Satan, Satan's not real, y'all. <laughs> Satan, it's it's a made up a, thing from Dungeons and Dragons. Don't you guys know this? <laughs> he had a lot more sway on the the teens of the nineties, I guess. They didn't have cell phones yet. Hey, Chris, check out my rig. Oh, wow. Can't wait to see your rig. Where'd you post your rig? It's coming. It's, it's coming. Oh. Wow. Are you, hey, Jeremy, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Are you a gamer? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm a gamer. Look at my rig. <laughs> Look at that rig, Chris. You could, that, like, as sweet, I guess, as that is, like, once you're in there in your chair, you have to, like, fully back out you can't like turn around there's no turning (laughs) yeah there's absolutely no turning what game are they playing on there i don't know of course it's a game where you where you shoot people because that's literally all that gamers want to do is shoot people it's true i was gonna say it looks like oblivion shit yeah it does they got like fucking vcr or excuse me (laughs) vhs tapes along the side there i think this is a really old picture like look at that cordless phone (laughs) oh man just a really old picture it really is (laughs) Cause is that Mafia One at the top, top right? That looks like it's Mafia One. Yeah, the big box PC. Do they still make big box PC games? I I can't imagine they do. I don't, I, I, but I I don't know. I'm just looking for like I'm looking through like ridiculous PC gaming rigs, and it's just. I mean, it's like somebody shed out neon all over all over these people's <laughs> rooms. It's ridiculous. Why would you have this much team? Oh God, Chris, Chris. Chris, are you ready? I don't know. Are you ready to crank that shit up? Wow. <laughs> if I oh crank that shit up. Oh wow, what a cool background. It's three monitors. <laughs> that would Chris, it's six monitors. Six, there's three on the other side. What does he even need all those for? For gaming. This is no these this is two teenage boys. They're twins and their parents are loaded. And they filled this is how they filled their room up. Oh, I do. I do see the two rigs at the top. I just noticed that. Do you also see the poster of a car? <laughs> <laughs> of a car. Here's a car that, like, you might like. I guess I don't know. Frame it. Put it on your wall. <laughs> They've also got some caps hung up, like just some straight up like caps. Yeah, just some good old fashioned hats. This would be what Sam and Dean's room would be, you know, mm-hmm. in an alternate universe. And a- imagine some sort yeah. of AU. Some gamer, like where instead of John becoming a hunter, he becomes like a computer programmer. So like when your dad's a nerd, it feels like you're going to grow up being a nerd. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sam and Dean playing Forza Motorsport 3 or whatever the fuck that game is called. <laughs> <laughs> Just like designing cars to sell in the Forza Motorsports 3 marketplace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also Sam still has demon blood in him. So he acts really shitty all the time and nobody knows why. <laughs> Uh, shooting noobs, hunting chivos, mm-hmm. uh, the family business. Wow, hunting chivos, huh? <laughs> hunting chivos. Every time, oh. Autumn loves the idea of chivos, of achievements. She loves. She read on something awful one time. Somebody called them chivos, and so she, now she just calls like any kind. Anytime I get a trophy <laughs> or achievement, she just calls them chivos, <laughs> and it's the best thing ever. Uh, oh, Chris. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this will copy as a um, as a GIF. Let's see if this is going to work. It's the first time I've spoken today. I think holy smokes, I see it. I mean, it's not moving, but I see it's it. Not moving, yeah. I didn't copy as a. Just imagine that, like moving around, like he's a dumbass. Oh, what really just happened? Good. Oh, 
I love my husband and we love gaming. Aw, that's sweet, Chris. Let's see what else we got in here. I love retro gaming. (laughs) You ready to see my rig? I upgraded it. You ready? (laughs) Check out those monitors, man. Wow. I know. Those are good. Those those are things are. I typed it out. (laughs) Thick. (laughs) Chris, you know me. I, I mean, if I can, why well, get one monitor when I can have three monitors that are all different colors and write, crank that shit up across all three? That's of them. right. That's right. <laughs> this is so I typed it. I love gaming, and this was on. This is on like the first page of Google. I know there's not pages on Google anymore, but it's pretty high up in the results. <laughs> Just a real straightforward pick. Wow, that's a that's a guy right there. I love gaming. I, I love just, gaming. There's one of uh, okay. Somebody's touching some boobs because there's a um, a Nintendo controller across their chest. I get it. All right. Wow. Gaming in the early 2000s was rough. It really was. That's actually when I had my gaming rig. Was like 1998. Oh. I got a bunch of money from like a, an insurance settlement, so I uh, I paid off my car and I I bought a four thousand dollar computer. Wow. <laughs> And it was, it's it was the most ridiculous. Like there was three graphics cards in it for some reason. Like you had to have three DFX and that Nvidia shit. I had to have. Damn, both. I, I had yeah. a um, I just had like a computer that I could play World of Warcraft on in 2005, and that was kind of my peak. I never had much of a gaming. I mean, I've always been incredibly poor, so it's because I'm irresponsible with my money. <laughs> Says the guy with four swords. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought one of those swords as an adult. The rest were childhood gifts. All right. And one of them is a lightsaber. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I just Googled worst gaming rooms and Chris, I, I have entered a land of destruction. going to Google that as well. Don't Chris don't worst gaming rooms. Yeah. Oh boy. It's a lot of YouTube links showing up. Oh boy. Yeah. I like that first one. Do you see the same thing? And it's that picture of uh, Iwata framed on the wall in like a dungeon basement. <laughs> yeah, with the with the real shitty. It's just like, Smash. It just it's set up just, for Smash. It's just set up for Smash Brothers. The Smash the community the is the weirdest community in all of video games. I found uh, I found Brian Wade's house. A lot of Star Wars merch. I yep. See, that's the lightsaber that I have. That blue one. That's the one I got. Is it really? Yeah. Man, people are really mad about this uh, Star Wars Battlefront thing. About all of this like money that you have to put in it. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, I'm just over here. Like they said, there was going to be a single player campaign. Is it good? <laughs> like, has anybody yeah. talked about that? <laughs> is it any I just, fun? I think it would be really fun to go you know, like play a Star Wars game, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, that seems like a good time. Seems like a great time. I played the old Battlefronts, and I didn't do any of that like multiplayer stuff. I just played the campaign and would get psyched when I could unlock Luke Skywalker. I never played any of those old old games. I think the last Star Wars game I played... Um, uh, what was the shitty one for the 360? Where you were that dude? Force Unleashed or something? Yeah, yeah, that one. Star Wars, I think I played... What was it? Jedi Academy. That I loved that game. Was that it? I played, yep, Jedi, yep, Jedi Academy. That game was pretty sweet. I played it on 
the OG Xbox. It was a PC game too. Um, I played KOTOR a lot, Knights of the Republic. Jedi Outcast, was that a game? I don't know. KOTOR, I think, is like backwards compatible now. So, like, you can it is. It on your so, Xbox I think one, one. Of my, yeah. one of my old friends has my copy of Knights of the Republic. He borrowed it from me, like, I don't know, like five years ago, but it was still, it was like recent enough where it was an old thing. And I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Take it, buddy. And now I'm like, ooh. <laughs> kind of wish I still had that. Because you can just slap those discs right in there and it downloads, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. I think you can yeah, just Jedi, buy it guess, on the but... on the store too. Like, I don't think it's much money. Yeah, yeah, I would just do that. Um, yeah, Jedi Outcast says, "What you played is what's this dude's name?" He, I don't know. I just know that some of these had they had post trilogy uh, stories in them, like. Luke Skywalker had set up his Jedi temple on Dagobah or wherever he sets it up. I don't think he's on Dagobah. I just thought that shit was so cool. Spoilers. Well, I mean, it's not even canon anymore. Look, I just met Luke for the first time, okay? That's that's Luke with two U's, and I'm very curious how they're going to keep cloning this motherfucker so that he gets to eight U's, because that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. Wait, I don't know if you knew about that. Have you not, do you not know this? No. Okay, so, you know, there's, like, cloning. Four, five, six, seven, eight. There's, like, cloning in Star Wars, right? Are you about to ruin Star Wars for me? <laughs> like, tell me some dumbass shit? Oh, no. What are you there? Chris? There you are. I was here this whole time. So, yeah, oh, every hello? time you... Cl- hello? Hello? <laughs> Okay, um, now we're good. Now we're good. Every time you get cloned in Star Wars, they add a vowel to your name. So, like, you would be, like, if someone clones you, you would be Chris. And then if they cloned you again, you'd be Chris. And if they cloned you again, you'd be Chris. Like, it would just keep going. I see. That's terrible. And that's how they wound up at Luke with eight U's. It's terrible. Why not the E? Yeah. The E's at least silent. I don't, honestly, I don't know. I just think it's, like, the funniest thing in the world. Uh, I'm trying to find like a I'm on I'm on the Wikipedia. Did you know that was a thing? The Wikipedia. I feel like I did. I've learned some shit about Star Wars in this past year, man. It's it's a really weird place. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of enthusiasm for Star Wars when I was younger because of all the extended universe stuff. Um, I don't anymore because it's gone, but. Whatever. I like the movie, but I just like it. The new one. I mean, I think. Yeah, you're not. You're not like super into it or anything. Yeah. Which is weird because it did feel like Star Wars was like it was the first thing I was into that I can remember. It was like Power Rangers and Star Wars. Because when I was in kindergarten, they released the original trilogy on like VHS, like special edition or whatever again, and they played them all for. I think like one week or one month or whatever in theaters. So I got to go see them when I was a little kid. So I was, I was way into it. All the merchandise, there was toys everywhere. I was loving it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. You grew up, man. Yeah, th- you left. You left the childish things behind. Yeah, that was twenty-two years ago. Well, I mean, I did pay, take a picture of myself with a sword today. You took, Chris. You took many pictures of yourself with the sword today. What do you mean you took a picture? Yeah. Well, it was it was. I just stood in one place and I moved the sword closer and farther away. And then I heard my neighbor coming outside. And I was like, "You gotta go, <laughs> got a jet." 
I was on the uh, I was on a chat with um, Apple support today. Oh boy, because I couldn't get my couldn't get my Apple Pencil working for some reason. What the fuck is an Apple and, Pencil? And um, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It, it's just a it's that fancy like pencil that you use with the iPad to like draw stuff. Interesting. Um, but it was a chat window, and I was also texting with autumn at the same time. So I ended up sending like this random person that works at Apple or works for Apple. Uh, I don't know. Just like a, uh, what time do you think we should board the dogs? Like what day? Like all this like crazy personal information <laughs> in this text. And he, and the, the person on the other side was like, um, I don't know how that would be helpful. Like they could tell they were trying to stick to like whatever weird ass <laughs> script they have. It was really weird. Okay, I guess I guess we can do a podcast, Chris. If you just really want to, like, if you're just wanna yeah, be, I want to go eat you know, dinner, bro. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I, I see how it is. Yeah, as soon as this is done, I'm gonna slice into some flipping pork that's already been cooked and it's just in my fridge, but I'm still gonna eat it. That's, I mean, that's good that it's already been cooked. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I have. Uh, I want to have Greek food with my uh, father-in-law for lunch today, so I have leftover Greek food. I didn't. I did not finish the chicken shawarma. Hey, that's on you. That's on you, brother. Previous generations, I feel like they they live, they live out loud. You know, they just do. They nobody feels shame about anything, and they just do their thing. That's true. It's the one thing I have to say about millennials. For the most part, I feel like they're very polite. People try to trash on millennials, but like everybody just feels bad about asking for shit. Yeah, have you seen that that tweet that goes around about the difference between um, people saying no worries or you're welcome, and like the the difference in expectation of like, no, really, this was absolutely no bother to me, so I'm just going to say no worries versus like you're welcome, which was the yes you have you, you, this was a huge effort and I should be you know thanked <laughs> yeah. for it or whatever. Yeah, I'm probably butchering that. Like it, I, I feel like it's a lot more succinct in the original text, but I, <laughs> hopefully I'm getting it across. <laughs> yeah, I get the idea. <laughs> Uh, why why spend 10 words describing something when you can use 50? When you can use 280 characters. <laughs> never, What's your, I, do you have a Thanksgiving tradition? Are you are you like straight up traditional turkey stuffing the whole nine? Yeah, I go to my uh my extended family's house. You know what? <laughs> Cut this part out cuz I fucking hate it. Okay. <laughs> I was just gonna to pretend like I like it, but I fucking hate it every year. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in the outtakes, just something just cut out of the vein part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> Yeah, so they they convinced the the sample the the Campbells. I almost called them the Samuels, which would be really funny. <laughs> Just a bunch of little mini Samuel, Samuels running around. Um, in, a, in a recent episode of X Men, uh, and I'll probably cut this out. There was a a weird mutant creature attacking the X Men, and um, Rogue, like in her full X Men outfit, goes up and like punches him. And this weird mutant creature is like a teenager who's never like found even seen the outside world before. So his response to this is to make five tiny rogues to attack the big rogue. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's a hilarious gift. Like I, I gift it too. Like it'll be up on the, the website at some point, but um, like the only thing I could think of like is just like just a bunch of tiny Sam's attacking one giant Sam. I think that would be really great. <laughs> we could call them the Samuels anyway. Anyway, 
Sam investigates a case about missing baby whose parents... Let me redo that. Sam investigates a case about... Case about <laughs> fucker, what is wrong with me today? Which I think is a good place to get into our next episode. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you mind? My, my dogs are going crazy. I forgot that this was feeding time. Can I go feed them and get some water real quick? Yeah, sure thing. You want to go, go get, a, get a little slice of that pork real quick? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm going to wait till we're done, so let's finish this shit up. <laughs> okay. B- BRB, bro. BRB. Are you back? I'm back. Okay. Hello? <laughs> That's weird. God, that patty picture up I, I sent to you is just works out so that fucking well. It's it just it's that so great. Good. It's like he's on that little hill just saying hi. <laughs> People are gonna think I just posted that same picture of me again. <laughs> and then they're gonna zoom in. <laughs> That, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, wait. I'll, right, I'll be right back. Let's hold, hold, crack hold on into... One, hold on one second. What the fuck? Hold on. Hold on. I'll be right back. So I just got the news that I will not be starring as young Aragorn in this Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings TV series. So that's a little bit disappointing. However, uh, I feel like I legitimately will have to cover that show in some sort of a podcast form. At this point, I've talked about Lord of the Rings so much that I would just be doing myself a disservice if I did then start a podcast about Lord of the Rings. So, uh, Jeremy, hope you're ready for that, buddy. Um, hopefully that show doesn't suck, because that would be a, a huge bummer for everybody. From what I understand, it's not just a retelling of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, because it's all those other stories. and the su- I don't know. Who knows? Nobody knows. Not me. Okay. Hey, what's up, bro? <clears throat> The next episode we're going to cover today is Two and a Half Men. But...